Hello, beautiful people. It is Monday, April 11th, 2022, and this sports show shall begin right now. Yeah. Can't thank you enough for joining us here on this glorious Monday. Uh, we have a packed show. Ian Rappaport will be joining us in about 13 minutes to chit-chat about all things happening around the NFL. Then we'll have Matt Barnes, former okay. NBA great, obviously, mm. all the Smoke podcast hosts and ESPN host. Uh, he'll join us in a second hour because the NBA is about to matter. That's right. Here we the go. NBA is about to matter. Everybody needs to know that. Masters just ended. Mm-hmm. Baseball is happening. The NBA is about to matter. Exactly. Yes. Matt Barnes will be joining us to chit chat about that and life, and also what he likes to all the smoke. Okay. Oh. I assume he's a sativa guy, maybe an indica guy. I'd be intrigued to hear his thoughts on all of it. But he has legendary tales, I'd assume, about all the greats in the NBA's history and widely regarded as one of the coolest dudes in the league's history as well. Can't wait to chat with him. And then in the third hour, Colt Nost. What? Yeah, he just got done covering the Masters the past few days on the uh, ESPN Plus stream, I believe, although he works for CBS, Hmm. which is a fascinating tale that I did not understand while I was listening to it. Uh, Can't wait to chat with him about the Masters. The Masters is the story of the day, I think, because I believe... You know, Masters Weekend is one of the glorious ones where mm-hmm. you just sit back, relax, you nap, you sleep, you watch golf, and then there's just like beautiful sounds in the background. But what we got to witness this past weekend with Scotty Scheffler was awesome. Oh, yeah. Now, I did not know who Scotty Scheffler was. I had no idea. Uh, bland White, it appeared, as if that is mm-hmm. what Scotty Scheffler was. And he might be as such off the course. He's 25 years old. He's only a couple years into this thing. It's only his third appearance in Augusta. And this dude is assassin. Yeah. Oh, He's yeah. an assassin. Yeah. This guy is an absolute stud it felt like on sunday might be a day where this brand new young guy might collapse a little bit even though he had a lead and there were some players playing now hey rory got high rory was playing against a prevent defense on sunday and he lit that fucking defense up he won not to even hit a a draw hook around a tree that ends up on the green i mean he was making magic the chip in was glorious the eagle eagle with morikawa who was also playing great it's felt like there was a lot of people on a run and then you looked at the top that leaderboard and you watch this one dude golf that motherfucker wasn't budging he wasn't moving he was actually getting birdies and making plays and gaining on everybody else golf is very lucky to have this man now i'd be much you know happier with this son of a bitch's existence Mm -hmm. if he would have just tapped in one of those tap-ins that he had at the end (laughs) because i had minus 11 or better to win this thing because i'd watched him on saturday and i'm like he's gonna shoot 72 or better tomorrow in Sunday just because of how much faith I had in them so minus 11 or better although it was minus 142 not great odds I know that but hey I felt very comfortable with the bet I'm gonna put 500 on it we're there we're dancing we're celebrating they're talking about the history that's being made Tiger Woods Tiger Woods Tiger Woods Tiger Woods Scotty fucking Jeffrey can't believe he did it he's walking up to the 18th green they're all clapping for him I'm putting out tweets love this guy (laughs) love this guy Scotty Scotty was chipping in from everywhere he was putting in for everything he was falling for the guy big fucking hole big fucking hole for him mm-hmm. all week biggest hole on everybody he fucking misses two tap-ins does a oh my god <laughs> yeah. finishes 10 under and i lose out on 500 bucks although you know i am a big scotty Scheffler fan i think he could have tapped that in but i do appreciate the fact that he appeared to be human for a moment mm-hmm. because all day on the course he did not is he the next great who knows remember little john daly's gonna be nipping mm-hmm. yeah nipping at old right. scotty Scheffler's yeah. tail and also charles woods <laughs> he's gonna be coming through their ranks at some point but his father watching tiger golf this weekend was awesome yes yeah. Yeah. tiger 
one of those uber competitive people who is, uh, you know, me against the world. I'd assume chip on the shoulder type of guy his whole life. He was created to be a golfer. Him getting back on the course after the entire world thought he wouldn't be able to walk again had to be a hell of a success, although he was swearing at his ball, mm -hmm. which is awesome. Yep. So fuck off. Yeah. Damn it. <laughs> so he still got it in him, although he appeared to be limping later. It was great to see him back. And he said he's going to play in two more tournaments or whatever. So Tiger's back. Scotty Scheffler's a stud. Can't make a tap in. Kind of fucks me over. But mm. what a weekend of golf. Let's go to the boys here at Ty Schmidt at Boston Connor. I assume you guys spent the weekend doing the same thing I did watching Masters? Yeah, pretty much. And I mean, a lot of people were bitching kind of that it wasn't close enough. But we mentioned it before the show. Like, it was also awesome watching Scotty Scheffler where Rory was so much much you know he was what eight nine holes ahead of him so like he was hot but scotty scheffler basically was after the third or fourth hole he's playing against himself on sunday and like that just him i mean grand yeah you know, i think a lot of us bet on him too so it was mm -hmm. nice that he did hold on but it was oh connor did not yeah, watching me. him though continue to put his foot on the gas mm -hmm. i think mental toughness there now he said that um i don't remember uh, Jesus was put him in this place to do, right. do this whole thing. Mm -hmm. So he is uber religious, I guess. Yeah. And not just anything wrong. Hey, do whatever you got to do, however you got to do whatever you got to do. But that he said that's how he remained so calm and remained the same golfer through the entire time. He even referenced a time back in high school where he said, if this was high school me, I wouldn't have been able to do what I did today because of the mentality of having a lead at the Masters in the morning. When you wake, when you go to bed Saturday night, you have a lead at the Masters tomorrow, you can join a club of prestigious dudes mm -hmm. uh, who have won at this course and who hold this in the highest of regards in the sport that is my profession. The thing that I've dedicated my entire life to basically is fucking Super Bowl is tomorrow and I have to sleep on this thing. Like you have to sleep on this lead. You got to stick. Nobody can lose a six stroke lead. Oh, oh, no. no way. You got That starts creeping in mm -hmm. and you got to deal with it. And then in the morning, I guess he had a full breakdown where yeah. he was crying and thought he, he wasn't ready for the moment. And he and his wife had an entire conversation about what's really important in this entire thing it's not a golf score no no okay this is a platform that you have and that's kind of how he has you know manifested into the golfer that we saw yesterday but that however you frame it people do it different ways he's a super religious person i'm not saying he's doing it strictly for that but i'm just saying that's what he falls back on that ability to flip a switch and become just a stone cold killer is so impressive to me that is what separates like there's a separation from good to great that's consistency okay everybody can be good the consistency makes you great right which is always the talk about rory mcelroy but you talk about that and all that and then how you become elite motherfucker is out with those who can just switch it and those are the people that you see at the top of every profession like the way they can just go into like a zombie like mode i don't know if i know anybody else that is at that level that has the religious fallback because normally it's just a bunch of savages yeah. Out there mm -hmm. yeah that are like i need to fucking i'm i'm going to do this so i'm impressed by him and if he can continue to go which remember through golf there's always been bursts of uh, mm -hmm. greatness yeah like spurts of, oh, here we go. Jordan Spieth was going to be the guy. Oh, yeah. yeah. Brooks Kepka was going to be the guy. Dustin Johnson was going to be the guy. Rory McIlroy was going to be the guy. Colin Morikawa was going to be the guy. Might still be. Mm -hmm. We're going to find that out. But now it's like Scotty Scheffler, world number one, just 43 days after his first PGA win, which is the fastest of all time. Tiger was like 200 and some days after his first win. So, I mean, this dude, potentially the next face in carrying golf. It was awesome to watch. 
Excited to see. Just wish you would have made a fucking tap it. Yeah, yeah. exactly. I mean, I, unfortunately, like Ty said, everyone I think here bet on Scheffler, but I took Com Smith. Well, that's because Lefty, our golf guy, said, hey, uh-huh. he said, hey, this dude is locked in right now. Yeah. He's dialed in. Yeah. Does he not look like the complete opposite of a guy that you would expect to be an assassin, though, by yes. the way? Just super mild-mannered, it mm-hmm. looks like. Just kind of casually strutting around. He's not like uber addicted to uh, the gym, I don't think. No. Like, not to, by the way, Absolutely nothing wrong with that. I'm just saying, like, you would think for somebody that is in that mental state, they would normally be, like, over-obsessive with, like, everything. Yeah. yeah. And it doesn't feel like he is. Like, I think I, think I saw, like, his shirt untucked oh, all yeah. the time. Oh, yeah. He's got a sweet swing. Just kind of casual. <laughs> yeah. Just chilling. Just an absolute beast of a golfer. Uh, I think it's time now for episode three. Uh, as we set the table there mm-hmm. of the show that has been captivating the sports globe, <laughs> ladies and gentlemen, yeah. season two, episode three of T four, Tony Potts Tasty <laughs> Tournament Time. Yeah, Tony Potts, let us know what I missed, what we missed, and uh, overall reaction to the Masters. Hello, friends, <laughs> and welcome back to Butler's Corner. For the T4 <laughs> Masters edition, a tradition unlike any other. 73 years ago, greats like Sam Snead and Walter Hagen and what? Bobby Jones walked what? the hollow grounds of oh. Augusta, Georgia. Mm. They did, didn't they? 25 years ago, to the date yesterday, Tiger Woods won his first green oh. jacket Whoa. on the hallowed grounds of Augusta, Georgia. Wow, what a day. Wow. It wasn't a wire to wire finish. This time here at Augusta, Georgia, but one scoot surname Scheffler took over the lead on Friday and it was never relinquished. Ever. 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 There were competitors who made runs. Justin Thomas. Good luck. Com Smith. Mm, Good try. Rory McIlroy on Sunday. Great effort. They all made runs, but they all came up short. The world number one who has won four times this year. Jesus. Shit, this dude's rich. 2.7 just yesterday. Just got his fourth win of the season and his first major at Augusta, just like Tiger Woods did 25 years ago. Oh, my God. Wow. History repeats. Let's not forget about Tiger this weekend. What he did was nothing short of a miracle. Thursday, Friday, made the cut for the 22nd straight time. Jesus. Until his putter failed him on Saturday and Sunday. Damn you, putter. Son of a fucking bitch. Damn you. Thank you, Tiger. Thank, thank you, Tiger. That being said, I'd also like to thank uh, Augusta. Uh, I'd like to thank the patrons uh, that came to Augusta. Maybe don't say that as much, though, next time on the coverage. <laughs> it was yeah. great to see the hills and the fairways yeah. littered with patrons again. Mm-hmm. Oh, see, that's you're doing it. Patrons. <laughs> If I know Scotty like I think I know Scotty, um, he would just like me to say God bless to all of you. Thank you to all the support that you showed him. Um, Thank you, and a little fun fact that he also liked me to tell you, the PGA Championship, which is the next Chomp- major of the year. The championship? Is actually his favorite golf course in the world. Oh, Excuse me? No. You can also get bad. Scotty Scheffler at Too plus bad. 1,200 right now at Southern Hills <laughs> at the next PGA what? for the next major. Um, and I also... Would like to thank you for tuning in to T4. And I wish you all a good night until we see you next time. <laughs> thank you. There you go. Wow. Well done, Tony. I was actually trying to put that bet in. 
because I do feel like FanDuel will hear that and mm-hmm. they will change Maybe. the odds. Yeah. Yeah. Plus twelve hundred right now, and he said it's his favorite golf course. And he's coming off of winning the Masters. Unbelievable! So I saw somebody tweet yesterday that in his bio, Southern Hills is his favorite golf course. Oh, jeez! Wow. Well, Sorry about it. Whoever else is playing? Yeah. Sorry about it. <laughs> Scotty Slam. Oh my God! And that was another addition. I believe that was the season finale. Wow. Of season two, T four, Tony Potts Tasty Tournament. Thank well done, you, Tony. Tony. Great Pots. season. This is a great season. Great season. This is maybe my favorite season. Yeah, thank you. Seemed like you would have wanted into a little bit more detail on this than the college basketball. Just well, it does. Yeah. It certainly does. What about the WPGA? Yeah, what happened this weekend? The, the LPGA. LPGA, you fucking <laughs> Come on! That's, I mean, what you just did. How'd it go, though? What? How'd, how'd the LPGA go? The Christ. Lexi Thompson, I believe, probably won this weekend. Uh, or Annika Sorenstam maybe won this uh, weekend. Annika? Let's get, let's change pace. <laughs> you are a fucking terrible human. <laughs> You're a bad guy. Can't do it. I would like to let everybody know the WNBA draft is tonight. That's yes! Right. That's right. Yes! yes! What? Yeah, Hell yeah. Tonight. It is tonight. Who we betting on? Well, we wanted to be the show, though, that started doing more of that. I and know. And we have stumbled out of the gates. <laughs> but we will continue to try. Joining us now is senior NFL insider... From NFL.com, the NFL Network, and the league itself, ladies and gentlemen, friend of the show, host of the weekly wrap-up with Rap Sheet and Friends, us being the friends, he being Rap Sheet, Ian Rappaport. Hey, What's going on, What's man? What's up, guys? Oh, you're living good. Bentley? Oh. It's not a Bentley. It's a, it's a GMC. CRT, we're, yeah. we're roughing it over back in the uh, Man, truck. that's good leather. I mean, this is not a truck, but they make trucks. That's good leather, Ian. That's that's really nice. Uh, where are you guys headed? Anywhere sweet? Uh, yeah, actually, we're going to the uh, the kids have spring breaks. So we're going to the Franklin Institute. We're going to the Harry Potter exhibit. Ooh. Nice. Oh. Yep. Uh, I, it was not my idea. It was Jude, my youngest idea. Um, but I'm going anyway. And I've watched three of the Harry Potter movies, and I'm all in. So let's go. Okay. Well, have a yeah. day. Thank yeah. you for. You know, making time for the call here in the middle of the travel. That's good usage of the time. I'd probably lose my mind on the trip as well. Enjoy the Harry Potter Museum. I've never seen it, but people love it. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. It's the best. It is. And people love it. I get it. Uh, let's dive into the NFL a little bit here. It feels like okay. everything is kind of quieted down, right? Every There's not really a lot of moves being made. Rodney McLeod was signed to the Colts. But other than that, everything's kind of quiet. Do you expect that all the way up until the draft? Or should we uh, maybe see some movement here soon? <laughs> Yeah, I mean, I would say what's probably going to happen from now till the draft is you get a bunch of these draft visits. And, like, you know, they're news. I don't know how unbelievably newsworthy they are, but I'll still tweet them. Other people will. And, um, you know, they'll probably – they're enough to sort of keep us occupied. We'll get a little sense of, um, you know, who's going where and who's interested in who. And then the main thing for me is which quarterbacks get traded. Like, does Jimmy Garoppolo get traded before the draft? Does Baker Mayfield get traded before the draft? Otherwise, you have guys like, you know, let's say like Calais Campbell signed over the weekend. Oh, yeah, congrats, Calais. Yeah. Yeah. They're like, yeah, nice job, Calais, great guy. It was either sign with the Ravens or risk them taking someone in the draft, which is, you know, not always a risk that a veteran wants to take. 
Okay, so let's move on to some things that are being said then by people that we can kind of get a grip with how everything's yeah. going. John Harbaugh said the new overtime rules, you know, aren't curing everything, okay? Because now people are going to get upset if both teams score and then a third team scores and then the fourth team doesn't get to score. So he basically said, you give an inch, people are going to want a mile here and there's still going to be problems. Was there that much backlash on that or did everybody want to change those rules? Follow up, the USFL is doing a microchip first down thingy uh, that got introduced to the world this weekend. How quickly is the NFL going to do that? And how often are rules changes being talked about in the NFL? I, I want to go to your second thing first. I, I am fascinated by the microchip. Um, the fact that the NFL has like two people with two sticks and chains <laughs> deciding first down, which can decide games. Hey, I it's tweeted that crazy. last year. I said it's 2021 and we still got the fucking, <laughs> you know what I mean? Like there has to be something here. Right. And it's like, I've seen it before. You know, obviously all of us have it. It's the ref eyeball on the spot, putting it down where he thinks it goes. Two guys with sticks run out and like make sure the chains aren't like, un, you know, linked, unlinked properly, whatever it is. And then say, all right, well, this team won the game. Like it's crazy, but it still is the best we have. And I think, you know, look, the NFL has microchips in every ball. Theoretically, they could do what we're talking about, what the XFL is going to do. My sense is it just hasn't been accurate enough. So we are going to get a real test because either the XFL's, you know, laser microchip technology or whatever is going to be good enough or it's not. If it's good enough, then that could be really good because like that could be a really fun, interesting, clean change that everyone is for. Um, so like that's one of the really cool things about leagues like the NFL is when uh, leagues like the XFL is when the NFL says, I'm going to look at their technology and then maybe steal it if I want. Okay, so how come they haven't stolen the review system mm, from right. the XFL <laughs> where they just had the Xbox? And, you know, like, Har listening to Harbaugh say, well, this, this isn't, there's going to be people that are going to still be mad. Is that a normal thought process from people around the NFL? Like, if we change rules, people are going to find other things to bitch about? Or do you think they actually legitimately want to make the game better with the rules changes? I think they want to make the game better with the rules changes. I think Harbaugh does a really good job of looking at all angles. Like he is definitely one of the more analytical and thoughtful rules-changing mavens. Uh, oh. Now, he's right. And I don't know if you guys know this, but like people get pissed over everything. What? Oh, yeah. So you change oh, one rule. Yeah. This, I mean, I that's, the that. internet will be mad about a lot of things. <laughs> um, yeah. So oh. you change one rule, they'll want another rule. But like, Red I still stink. so like go back to what you said about the overtime thing. Like, I still think it's headed in the right direction. Is it perfect? No, but I don't think spot and choose is perfect either, right? Like, so to me, like, both teams will have a chance uh, in the playoffs when it matters most, and I think that's okay. Like, it's fairer. Is it the best way? Like, I don't know, but it's the best and safest way that we can come up with right now. So. I'm really fine with it, and like I didn't get the sense there was widespread opposition to it, especially when they did the compromise of just playoffs only. Okay, that's great news. Uh, I guess the bids <clears throat> to become an owner in the NFL were due on Friday for the Broncos. I guess it's alleged now that the Walmart family, the Walton family, got into yeah. this game, and they like there's some public numbers being made about what they bid. Is this all? Uh, uh, do people know what other people are bidding? And then I guess there was a quote like it should have a four in front of it. If somebody comes in yeah. at like seven, they automatically get it, right? And how how yes. quickly does this all kind of come together in your eyes, you think? Yeah, uh, so this is different from a lot of other, not a lot of other sales. This is different from some other sales in that 
because it is run by the trust of Pat Bowen, it has to be the highest number. Like that is the rules. The trust has has a fiduciary responsibility of it has to be the highest number. So, you know, if the Waldens come in at seven billion, like congratulations, you now own a team, assuming the NFL okays, which they probably would. I think if another team was sold and it wasn't run by a trust, you could say like, all right, well, you know, we really want a, a minority owner or a person of color or whatever. And like the NFL could make sure that happens. In this case, they can ask, and I know they really, really want a person of color to be an owner of a football team. I just don't know that it's going to happen in the Broncos case. But yeah, I mean, I would say for, you know, the hope would be to have an owner before the season. And it seems on track to do that. Repre- uh, representation's a good thing. I, uh, I'm excited yeah. to see how it all pans out because I assume with this sale, this might tempt some others into, oh, wait, the Denver Broncos are getting whatever the Denver Broncos get. Maybe somebody who's just a bottom line person, instead of hanging on for the ride as it's going to go to the moon, they want to get a quick cash deal out, maybe. I mean, who knows yeah. what's going to take place. Uh, my last question before the boys have some, and I don't want to ever have to talk about somebody else's work because it's awkward and uncomfortable and I don't like it, but how do you balance being a human and breaking news? Honestly, it's a real, it's an actual real question yeah. because I, I think... We all saw what happened this weekend with the way the news of the devastating loss of Dwayne Haskins happened. Uh, Schefter was literally trending right alongside of Dwayne Haskins all day. And my big takeaway was that, like, is Schefter not a human? Like, how, how are you? Like, that is my big thing. Like, at some point, you got to be, how do you balance that in the cutthroat world that you're in, Ian, on a regular basis? Yeah, it's a good question. And obviously one that I think, well, I'll speak for myself, like, I, I wrestle with all the time, right? Like, I do it with injuries, you know, like you see a player go down in the field and you want to break the, the injury, like how long he's out or whatever it is. Um, but you also don't want to be someone who texts an agent two seconds after an injury with his player still lying on the field. So like there's, and then it's like, if it's a player, you know, you happen to know, well then like, do I text him and be like, how's your injury? Like that's, it is something I think about all the time and I'll, I'll just talk to you through my process for this specific thing. Not anybody else. This is just what I was dealing with with Dwayne Haskins on Saturday morning. Um, I was actually at my my son's baseball game. I got a text and said, like, hey, this is horrible, but I think Dwayne Haskins was killed last night. You might want to check into it. I said, like, that's horrendous and horrible because I actually got to know Dwayne pretty well, and he is a great, great dude. Um, Really enjoyed all my interactions with him, like, Hung out with him a small bit when I visited Washington camp, but he was great. Um, and so I called the team. I called the agent. Um, I didn't get it on the record, but I did confirm that the incident happened. Uh, and honestly, like, I didn't, I didn't feel great about breaking someone's death. I just – I didn't. Uh, so my thought process in this case was the Steelers are generally a team that announces – very serious things. Uh, if the agency or the team wants to announce it, I will just let them do it. Yeah. So that, that was me. Uh, you know, I know obviously there's a lot of other discussion, but that was just my process. So, uh, when the steel and I called, you know, I called my bosses at the network. I let them know like, Hey, this happened. I want you guys to be aware. Um, and then I was waiting for the Steelers to announce it. When they did, I weighed in with some thoughts then went on TV and talked about it. Uh, it is a, you know, there's a lot of delicate, tough life situations. This was 
not a good one and a, not a fun one because any any death is bad any death way before his time is bad the fact that i knew Dwayne is also bad the fact that he was such a good guy is bad i mean it's all bad yeah. Um, so anyway, that was my process through this. Yeah, well, I appreciate you explaining that because not a lot of people get to experience what you guys experience and the information you get. It just felt like, man, there, have you never had somebody in your life pass away? Like, that's yeah. almost like what yeah. I wanted to say. Like, what I don't even know how that is your first thought unless you're a fucking robot. And then I started thinking to myself, like, well, in your business, it's interesting. So we appreciate the hell out of you. I just want you to know that. Well, thank you, man. I, I will say, like, it is... This is something that my, I do feel like my business and, and, you know, I've probably talked about my job and how I do things more on your show than at any other time. So I feel like you guys really have a sense of this. Like it does in a way force you to react quickly and then think about it. And so I'm constantly having to be like, hang on, I want to break this. I need to break this, but hang on. And there's been some instances where I've got it right. There's been some instances where I've not. Um, but taking a deep breath and being like, is this a thousand percent right? Or when I tweet this, what is somebody going to say? Like, it is so hard, but it is also obviously so important. Well, we appreciate your work. Uh, we appreciate you taking time out of your day here. Go enjoy that Harry Potter museum, will you? Uh, I will. We're actually pulling up right now. Hey, there's wizardry. Yeah, it's like Gringotts. Thank you, Dumbledore. I'll, I'll tell you what's going on now, just to give you a small insight into my life. My wife is now looking for parking, and no doubt, not happy at all. Uh, so as soon as we're done, I'm going <laughs> to lend my expertise and try to figure out where in the world people park around here. All right, well, keep your <laughs> eyes peeled for the family. We appreciate you, ladies and gentlemen, Ian Rappaport. <laughs> That was a pretty good human answer. Oh, yeah, yeah for sure. Very, very He's talked about before, too, how, like, when coaches, when he knows they're getting fired, he'll reach out to them and be like, hey, I have this. Like, uh, obviously, I know that you probably have to tell your family and stuff first. So it's very cool. But I would just like to let you know that I, mm -hmm. I'm i probably not the only person that knows this. Yeah. That's mm -hmm. like a, that's a fine – because obviously the Schefter reaction was valid and warranted uh, because of how he laid it out. But my first, like, literally, are you a fucking robot? Like, mm -hmm. how yeah. – how is that even 24-year-old dude? Crazy. No matter what you said or thought of the way he played football or how the he's 24 years old. He has his entire life in front mm -hmm. of him. He has an opportunity with the Steelers still. Mm -hmm. He could potentially become a guy. At the, I mean, there is so much that could happen and uh, just come out of nowhere. It was like, everyone really caught me, by the way. I was like, God oh, yeah. damn, yeah. man. Like, that was... Uh, it, it legitimately got me. I did not expect it to as much as it did. I was like, you got to be kidding me. He's 24 years old, man. That's so fucking young. Especially when you see like the story that he posted like the day before mm -hmm. of him and Naj just like having a good time in the streets. And like, I know all his dudes were close. So it, it, I mean, it's just tough. Well, and Chase, I mean, Chase, yeah, yeah. I mean, that. Oh, yeah. well, this is a couple years now, two out of the last three years, maybe. The Steelers have had somebody very, very, very close to the family pass away because the coach. Yeah, the Whitehall coach passed away two seasons ago, I believe. Rape, like in training camp. Yeah, yeah. yeah. And then now this. I mean, yep. it is. That's a tough. Those are tough Terrible. to get through as a family, you know, as a team. Let's mm -hmm. get to a break. Rest in peace, though. Mm -hmm. And nothing but positive vibes and love to uh, all his family and friends and teammates. I mean, that is heartbreaking. Mm -hmm. All right, we'll be back in four minutes. Um and why is anybody calling Gil Brandt for anything? Good yeah, yeah. well, <laughs> good question is right. I mean, you know, that's the first person you think of? I don't know.
We'll back in four minutes. There's just so much dumb shit. Yeah, man. exactly. It's like, why is that even? I mean, obviously, what he said is remarkably stupid. Yeah, mm-hmm. despicable. But just the thought of why is that the first go-to? Yeah. Unless they were like, oh, he pro- he'll, he'll probably give us some some answer like this. No, no. Yeah. You think that there's no way? I don't know. I mean... I honestly don't know how that happens. I was listening to it. I thought it was fake. I'm like, this yeah. has to be fake. Mm-hmm. So ridiculous. Mm-hmm. Gotta be humans, huh? Yeah. yeah. Let's one be time. nice to each other one time. Joining us now is a man who every day we get to chat with, we think to ourselves, wow, what a specimen. What a unique individual. Yeah. What a toxic person who happens to be one of the greatest athletes to ever walk this mm-hmm. earth. Oh, yeah. mm-hmm. Remember, this dude used to run a 4-4, 40-some-inch yeah. vertical. College football national champion, Super Bowl champion, Ryder Cup champion, COVID survivor. Damn. Ladies and gentlemen, the Ohio State Buckeye in the Hall of Fame, A.J. Hall. What's up, guys? Happy Monday. Hey, go Elks, dude. Yeah, I uh, I think I might just wear the same shirt every single day on here. There's no reason to even change anymore, I feel like. <laughs> Welcome, dude. Bingo. I mean, we wash it. I don't buy 50, 50 beaters at once and throw them away after I wear Well, this isn't a beater. I'm telling you, a lot of Come people on. compare uh, beaters to what I wear, okay? Your tanks. Sorry. Your, your Thank black you. tanks. For instance, Brochacho... At the Yankees game, mm-hmm. who I am a big fan of. Mm-hmm. Okay, big fan of that guy. He was in a beater, I do believe. Yes. Okay, he looked... Listen, this dude's yucked. Holy right? shit. This dude, I think, plays football for Army. And uh, this dude was the reasoning behind my mentions blowing up about me being at Yankees game and also me getting off keto too quickly or something. Okay. Yeah, a lot Whoa. of that talk. I wish I was as yoked as this cousin. Hell yeah. With that being said, that's a beater. I wear tank tops, okay? Mm-hmm. T-top, a little bit looser. All right, not mm-hmm. meant to be worn underneath something, okay? Beater usually underneath something, or when the top comes off, you're like, hey, how you doing? I'm a guy that wears a beater. Right. Tank top is to be shown. That's right. At all times, okay? Two different things. And yeah, I buy 60 to 70 of them from Amazon. Shout out. Jeff Bezos <laughs> making that happen and going to space. And shout out to that guy living his best fucking life. Dude. Yeah. Love this dude. Have we learned anything on this guy? Did they locate him? Yes. I think he plays football at Army, I believe, because KFC tweeted something. By the way, KFC's been saying some really cool and nice stuff about me. I appreciate you, KFC. Uh, always got along with him whenever I was back at the Barstool days. But they, uh, he put out a tweet calling this guy and me, you know, a comparison, and I believe it captured the eyes of some people. And then he caught on, he quote tweeted it and said, I'd love to be on the pod. I didn't know if he was talking to me or to KFC, so I did not respond. It was not going to be that. But he does play football uh, for Army, I believe. Would love to chat with him. I bet this dude is a legend. Yeah. I think it's good. Did the Yankees end up winning? Yes, they did. How about how much? Pretty big? 4 2, I think. That was on uh, Saturday. Make this dude the fucking mascot. Mm-hmm. Yeah. All right. Why is this guy not? Come on. You know? He is the mascot of Yankees fans, is what the internet was saying. Mm-hmm. And I hope he takes that as a compliment. I'm sure they don't mean it as such, but <laughs> he's, he fucking deserves it. Um, AJ, what you do this weekend? You watch a master? Scotty Scheffler is an animal. This guy. Now, he goes about his killer mentality differently than every other person I've ever heard that is at that level of being able to flip the switch and keep the uh, pedal uh, down and everything like that. He's super religious, falls back on his faith in there. He never let that thing get close. I don't know if you watched all weekend. He was fucking unbelievable. Only 25 years old, has the soul, they say, of a 50-year-old. I'm like, all right, this, this guy appears to be a bland white. 
He is a great golfer, a fucking unbelievable golfer, this guy, AJ. Yeah, well, they, they talk about it on the broadcast. The toughest thing is probably Saturday night to Sunday, the, the amount of time you have until you tee off like 250 when you're sleeping on the lead at the Masters. That's what makes it tough. Like It's one thing if you start six shots behind, you have a crazy day, and you finish before the leaders, and like you put a number out there. That's a little different than sleeping on the lead, I feel like. So Are they- the fact that he came out there and didn't skip a beat, and I think I read something where he said, he almost had like a nervous breakdown in the morning. He said he was crying to his wife. Yeah, and then they had a whole speech about what really matters in life. You know, this is just a golf score. Relax. How Which, in the hell did he go out there? Yeah. And, yeah. Did he have any shit? Did he do, like, other than the last hole when he right. nine-putted, did he do anything wrong? I just had to think, like, to myself, um, no. He, I was thinking to myself, though, he had to get to a point in mind where he just didn't care, I guess. Like, is that what a, what a speech by his wife, you know, if yeah. he was having that breakdown and he just got to a point like, yeah, this doesn't matter at all. If you can convince yourself that, by the way, that's a talent. Yeah. Not a lot of people can do that. Yeah. Whenever I talk about like Adam Vinatieri on those game winning kicks and shit, he's notoriously probably the most clutch person in the history of sports. I think he would be in a conversation uh, whenever yeah. people talk about it. I watched him get into this zone that I had never. He became a he became a walking zombie. It was unbelievable, and it was like, oh, there's a hundred percent chance this ball is going right through the uprights. And it's like that ability to lock in, focus, and kind of uh, accomplish the task is something that only a certain amount of people have. Like only you can only a couple people can crack into that, and it's like that extreme focus. And he seemed to be so cool and relaxed the whole time. It was fucking unbelievable. Well, the guy's on uh, like a historic run right now. Mm-hmm. He'd won, what, three of the previous five tournaments he played in, and now he just won the Masters? Mm-hmm. Mm-hmm. Damn. Golly. World number one. Like, when is he going to cool off? Like, if I was him, I'd be like, all right, I guess this is just how I play golf. Hey, I get, this is me, by the way. <laughs> Thank you, God. Mm-hmm. Yeah. <laughs> Thank you, Jesus, mm-hmm. that I am. Because, hey, he said he would like to glorify Jesus' name. Yeah, that's right. Amen. Okay, I love yep. it. How, if he continues the golf like this, he's got to be pumped that this is how God chose for him. To be like glorify his name, you know that that has to be. I was watching. Think about them just lining up over a ball, one ten, one twenty out, and they swing at that thing with extreme confidence. And the way they they track every shot, uh-huh. other than Tiger's like first ten, <laughs> how they track every shot now, and you see them like throwing like balls at the at the green. Yeah, that has to be so much fucking oh. fun. That's all I kept thinking about because like punting. <laughs> You know, they, they compare punting and golfing to each other. Now, vastly different and different parts of the body and mind, I think, being used. But it is similar. Whenever you can, like, just control something and do it's a great time. Cornhole bags, mm-hmm. same fucking thing. Those guys, I, it feels like they think that they can literally just draw that ball where that has to be so much fucking fun. I would imagine all of them feel like, at least when they're playing well, like when they're actually feeling it and not struggling like we saw old uh, – Ty's guy, Billy Horschel, kind of came hey. out the gate struggling. Hey, I believe hey. it was Friday. Who rebounded, right, though? He made the cut. Hey, I would like to let everybody know we are all back in, I think, on William Horschel. Oh, yes. But now he blocked Still blocked. Ty's still blocked. Fuck him. If, no. he, if he wants to unblock me, then I'm back in. But okay. uh, I would imagine no, this you isn't the first swayable. person to block Yeah, Ty, I am swayable. What? What's that, AJ? I, I can't imagine this is the only person to ever block you, Ty. Well, no, but I mean, oh. it's Billy. Oh. You know, if some fucking random guy blocks me, I don't give a shit. Billy Horschel, I'm watching him play at the Masters, and I can't see what he thinks post-round because he's blocked sure. me. Ty, I want to let you know, freedom of speech is real, and you should be able to see what William Horschel said. <laughs> That's right. <laughs> but also, I assume you did something that was worthy <laughs> of a block. So I have no shame in anybody blocking anybody, but I will say, Ty, tell 
telling me that he was blocked by William Herschel uh, did have me cast a little bit of judgment on William Herschel. When I watched a playback of how he reacted to bad shots, he's our friend that's playing in the fucking professional, <laughs> right? He's our guy. Him, him. Every time there's a potential club snap, I mean, there is real, genuine... It's fun, you can feel it. Can't you relate to that guy? Like, you relate to him. Oh, this dude's on the biggest stage. He's worked this whole year, and he's not playing great. Yeah, I'd probably be freaking out, too. Yeah, I'm a William Horschel fan. I hope he unblocks you, though, Ty, even though I, I bet you deserved it. I bet I didn't, but, you know, that, that, that's for a different day. Uh, that's for a different Ty. day. Uh, Ty probably got pretty personal. I don't think so. I don't do that on Twitter, really. Uh, go ahead, Diggs. I was say, I think the, the best thing that happened to Scotty was he did pull it off the tee on one on Sunday and was in the woods. And this guy's a pretty good scrambler. So like, He said the, number one scrambler, yeah. by the way. The stats. Oh, really? Scrambling stats. Number one so scrambler. Like the second, He's the champion scrambler. champion scrambler. Of the Masters Championship. Naturally. So yeah. the second shot, he just took like, it took all like the pressure off of it. It was like, hey, let me hit this big hook out of the pine straw to and have a green in regulation. And then it was after that, he chipped in on three, and then it was over. How about fucking Rory, dude? Oh. Now, obviously, the chip in, everybody's going to think about the celebration epic, you know? Mm -hmm. He hit one hook around a tree that just had to be... Like, that thing, if we're hitting that off tree back to face, right? Mm -hmm. Yeah. That's hitting that tree directly in front of no him. No doubt. They hitting us, coming back, hitting us or our playing partner, somebody standing by the cart for sure. One million percent. It is awesome to watch when they're going. And that stream that I watched, I, I guess it was ESPN Plus, but mm -hmm. Nolte and Stolte were on it, though. I thought he was CBS. Oh, yeah. That's so why I couldn't come on on Friday. They, uh, they share people for the Masters. Like, Nance was doing ESPN. Really? Mm -hmm. Yeah, because I did hear Nance, I think, on there. It was awesome coverage, though, and the views are gorgeous. Yeah. How about some of those shots coming up over the over the flowers with the, oh, unbelievable pink dogwood. Man. They had good water. They had good weather too. I mean, the green, mm -hmm. the, the grass, a lot of times didn't even look real. Like it looks like there's no imperfections turf. in a lot of the areas. Yeah, it looked like turf. Yeah. And then there's that now photo. What? Now the course shuts down for a year. <laughs> Is it nothing else happens? They, it's so weird. They play the Masters. I think they play like there's a couple rounds played this week, and then it's shut down until for the next like eight months. Well, members can't play during the summer? What about the champion members? There's times yeah. when members can play, but there's I don't know. It's weird how yeah, it works. Hey, if you become a member, do you get a green jacket or what? I don't know. I mean, we could... We can order a green jacket on Amazon if we really want one. I saw Arlovsky wearing a fucking green jacket this morning. <laughs> <laughs> really? Yeah, I saw Arlovsky. I actually took a picture of it. I was going to send it to him. He's a big Scotty Scheffler fan. Oh, oh yeah. yeah. Is he, oh, yeah. Is he boys with Scotty? I don't know. I assume they know each other. Same I assume mind they sense. know each other. Yeah. Hey. I'd like to play golf with Scotty. Hey, he is unbelievable. He's the only guy, though, I think, that's at that uh, super elite. And I'm not saying we know them all, but I feel like we haven't heard about it by now. But like those guys that are at the very top, I feel like there's a lot of chip on shoulder. You know what I mean? Like I feel like there's a lot of that and being able to create things that don't even exist. Like Michael Jordan at that restaurant with that mm -hmm. Utah coach, mm -hmm. like having that like I don't want to say spite, but that drive type. If he's able to do this, I think he's the first person I've heard of that is just like the super religious. Hey, this doesn't matter, guy. Right? Yeah, I bet there's. I'm sure there's a little more uh, like fire and passion to him than he he just doesn't show us publicly. I'm sure it's in his brain. Though. He was just I'm sure casually, he has some of that. He yeah. was Strong. He was just casually yeah. walking around that fucking. That's when place. you play your best golf, right? Yes, but to be able to do that on Sunday at the Masters with a lead, with people like surging and everybody expecting you to fall off because you're only 25 years old. I mean, that that is just. That's a that's a really impressive brain, I think, personally. Can we agree that the vest on Saturday was doing nothing? Well, well yeah, why was he taking off, keeping it on? Looks, man. Looks no, good. It wasn't no, no, yeah, he kept, kept his heart warm. Mm. 
Oh, I thought to be able to do all that stuff while like guys are charging and the guy you're playing with is just like completely collapsing. Like, I think that is also like it'd be easier just to kind of like naturally that rubs off on you a little. Mm -hmm. I mean, Cam Smith, there was a point where like eight consecutive shots he just dropped his club afterwards, like body language terrible. He was just, you know, like to have someone that you're playing with tanking so bad and have to kind of wait and just like remain composed. That was impressive as fuck, too. Tom was able to bring it back, but you're you're talking Mm -hmm. about. Rory and Morikawa. Yeah. They were kind of pushing the, the double eagle and then the double chip in to end that thing. That had to be electrifying down there. Had to be, AJ. So did Rory finish? Uh, is he second alone? Uh, I believe yeah, so. Yeah. yeah it's a big deal, seven, not only money, but also like exemptions for the Masters and for everything else. Yeah. How about him just going on a run, by the way? Shooting a 64 or something like that? It's absurd. That's 64, hilarious. yeah. That's hilarious. He probably thought, thought he had a chance to win in there when he when that went in. Okay, if they, if they back up, if they have one bad hole. Oh, yeah. He, he actually said in his interview immediately afterwards that he didn't think it was enough. Oh, really? yeah. yeah, he said mm-hmm. like um, he – because I thought he was going to potentially, I'm like, this guy might win this thing because we were watching Cam kind of go. Yeah. And he was losing numbers. But Scotty's number just wasn't changing. Mm-hmm. Like, I was watching Scotty play golf and I was like following along with it, it like everybody else was. And his number just wasn't moving. It was like, this dude is unfucking believable because Masters coverage is very much you're watching, you're on your phone, yeah. you're back to the Masters, you're watching, there's a big celebration, what's going on. It is an all day affair. And I'm very thankful, by the way, if they were just sharing talent, you know, mm-hmm. for the ESPN and CBS, which they had to have been doing now that I'm thinking back to it. It was an incredible show. I, I really enjoyed the it. The best part is every time, the way that Scotty swings is you could see the TW on the bottom of his shoe, and then he uses Tiger's irons, too. I love that. Does it kind of fall out of that thing, too? Oh, yeah. Mm-hmm. Him hitting that draw, what he does with that draw, where he almost falls and, like, crosses over, it's like, that's the number one rated golfer in the world. Like, that's yeah. not, that wasn't a mistake that he just did that. He's just fucking around out there. You probably stayed next to his parents. He's from Highland Park, Texas, when you were there for uh, WrestleMania. What? Don't you think? <laughs> well, maybe my mono was near his mono. <laughs> yeah. Maybe I should have. Because I did, we did see the other guy. Yeah, was he mm-hmm. golfing with Jordo? During that weekend, or no? Maybe he was golfing with you. Saw, wait, Spieth? We didn't see him. We saw We saw maybe. I mean, there was a... Wait, no. Wait, what was it? <laughs> I can't. I don't know. So a I guy can't. wearing golf shoes? Us, uh, Jordan Spieth. <laughs> no. AJ. No, 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 no. Isn't Stafford okay. and Kershaw from that high school? Team? Yeah, yeah. 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 Wow. Stafford, too. I mean, <laughs> a lot of crowd teams. A lot pretty of good gobblers. Pretty good gobblers. Um, <laughs> let's bounce around a little bit with the news. John Harbaugh went on Rich Eisen's show and chit-chatted about a couple different things but the overtime rules which we addressed with Ian Rappaport in the first hour where he said like you give an inch people are going to ask for a mile he said this might have corrected this one possession that Josh Allen would have been able to answer but then if they go down and score again and it's over people are going to be pissed again it's like when do you end it is what John Harbaugh said which by the way I could see how somebody could view the world like that, but he should also say, like, at least we got to see another opportunity for somebody to succeed as opposed to not seeing it. I guess there's two different ways to look at it. But him talking about Lamar Jackson's contract. Uh, do we have the soundbite for the M- Lamar Jackson? We'll have to pull that one up. All right, so let's get that. Him talking about Lamar Jackson's contract is so fascinating because I believe Lamar Jackson's like, ah, nah, mm-hmm. nah, I don't want to hear it, nah. Hey, let's get a long-term deal done, like 200, 200 some million dollars. 
Ah, uh, we'll get to it later, man. <laughs> that is what it sounds like whenever John Harbaugh is speaking about it here on the Rich Eisen show. Like, legitimately, he said you can't force it. Negotiations are a two-way street, basically. You can't force uh, Lamar into wanting to do this. And when he does come in, we'll take care of it. But he wants to focus on being a football player. And then Harbaugh even makes a great thing at the end where he, he says, like, uh, Rich, do I ask or care about your salary with your company that you work with? He said this is like a, a whole new conversation, basically that has become something where everybody's worried about everybody else's uh, contract. We have the audio? Maybe. Let's go ahead and run it. He, I think I did pretty good um, job. Then, um, so uh, you, you, Lamar's your long-term quarterback, though, right? I mean, so. Yes. Okay. Of course. You think, oh, quarterback? I, we, I can guarantee you there's going to be a big Twitter uh, storm when I say this. Yes, sir. We are not going to draft a quarterback. Good. <laughs> <laughs> Well, here's the thing is that the the rumor mill goes haywire in our business when something happens that we don't quite understand. You know, all quarterbacks say they want their money. They they either demand it outright or they, you know, expunge their Instagram accounts of all, you know, fingerprints between them and the team and or have their agents send out something or whatever. I've never heard of a quarterback seemingly, if this is the case, to say, I'll get around to it whenever I get around to it. Is that what's happening with Lamar Jackson right now? Well, and not so many words, but, you know, he's a unique guy. And it's, you know, people have been scratching their heads and trying to figure out Lamar probably for a long time, you know, ever since he was a kid. And uh, he's got his way of going about doing things. But that's what you love about him. That's what I love about him. Uh, it is, it's, it's get him on here and ask him, you know, maybe he'll, maybe he'll tell you, you know, but he's, he's, uh, he, I, I've said this before and you say it, you know, it's when he's ready to do it, it's going to become a priority for him. Then we're going to know it, you know, and, uh, it, it doesn't have to be a priority for us right now. It's got to be a priority for both sides. We could do something, uh, or we can wait because we know it's going to get done, you know, uh, when it's, when it's supposed to get done or when, you know, Hey, when it's God's will and. Lamar's will at the same time. It's it's going to all fit together. So, you know, but I, I do I do believe Lamar when he tells me that man he just wants to he just wants to be the best quarterback he could be, and that's what he's thinking about right now. And he doesn't have he doesn't think he has to think about his contract. He thinks feels like he's got time to do it. And yeah, you could argue that one way or the other, but everybody gets to make that decision for themselves. That's a great thing. That's his choice, not somebody else's. So, you know. Somebody else wants to talk. Yeah, I tell you what, all the pundits out there, if they want to give me, well, no, please don't. You can call me. But <laughs> if you want to talk about, you know, your particular contract situation and how you're doing with your salary and when you're going to go ask your boss for a raise and all that, maybe we could, you know, all all talk about that back and forth and have that conversation. But <laughs> in the end, the person gets to decide for themselves. You know, so that's what Lamar's doing. You know, I think it's kind of cool and funny and fascinating how all the, everybody wants to talk about it and you know speculate on it. But it's really pretty simple, I think. He's not ready, you know, and when he's ready, we'll be ready. And when that happens, we're going to have we'll have something. So what are the conversations like with uh, him when you that's you... awesome? Um, I think the thing about by the way, shout out Rich. Yeah. 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 Rich Eisen uh, nominated for a sports Emmy. By that's the way, right. The show. You know. I right. hope they all win. I hope they all yeah, win. That's a great question, though. And I feel like Harbaugh is talking directly about our business. You know, when Rich says that, everybody talking about, oh, Lamar Jackson doesn't want to get a deal done. Oh, he doesn't want to be a Raven. So then Harbaugh, potentially his family hears that and has to tell him, like, hey, you know they're saying Lamar doesn't want to get a deal done because of that. And then he goes on Rich Eisen, and he's like, hey, listen. 
It's all funny, okay, all these things. <laughs> Lamar literally just doesn't want to deal with this right now, and he does all his own business. That is so awesome that Lamar's like, all right, my contract's for another year. We'll deal with this when the contract's up. I'm going to play football. And also, I like the fact that he's just like, ah, we don't need to do that right now. I can do that later. When all anybody ever thinks about, especially with the style that Lamar Jackson plays with, is an injury taking all of that away out of nowhere. And Lamar's like, nah, I'm cool with it, man. You never see him take big hits. You've seen him get better. They won a playoff game. Last year seemed to be a clusterfuck for them. But if he comes back in balls with these other contracts that are maybe falling in line with the quarterback thing, he's going to get broken off, A.J. Hawk. Well, the fact that Harbaugh, or Harbaugh says he's just not ready right now to do a new contract or he doesn't want to, I guess what's what's the reason? Is it because he just has supreme confidence in himself? Like, hey, I'm going to keep playing. I know the contract's only going to go up and up as the salary cap goes up. Maybe I want to get have a few more accomplishments under my belt before I sign that new one or what? Joe Flacco did this, right? Joe Flacco uh, could have had an extension with the Ravens. Then he didn't. He played out the last year of his contract. They won a Super Bowl. He got like a hundred some million dollars immediately yeah, yeah. afterwards. It was like Joe Flacco bet on himself. That's how everybody talked about it. Maybe he's just betting on himself. You know? Maybe he's yeah, just I mean, like he, he, if they're willing to pay him, I mean, it's going to be hundreds of millions guaranteed, right? Has to Over be yeah. mm-hmm. okay. And that's yeah, why uh, Bishotti, Bishotti, Bishotti. Shawty mm-hmm. was you. saying what they did over there in Cleveland with that Sean Watson $230 million fully guaranteed contract was a bunch of fucking gobble Yeah. Bunch of gobble they said, AJ. They said, what the fuck are you guys doing? <laughs> and then the Cincinnati Bengals, who have Joe Burrow sitting there, they came out and said, hey, well, Cleveland did. Uh, mm-hmm. yeah, interesting. Oh, well, fucked up. All right. And then uh, basically the Arizona Cardinals were talking amongst themselves, and they said, these fucking Browns. Yeah. <laughs> these delicious. fucking Browns. What are they doing? Yeah, it's a whole new market now because Deshaun Watson's deal with the Cleveland Browns. I'll be excited to see. Kyler Murray, though, remember, there was a little bit of an earthquake. Rich Eisen alluded to this. His uh Agent put out a message. There was Instagram deletion, which Rich Eisen also alluded to. Rich crushed it in there. Mm-hmm. But they uh, they figured that out, I guess. He's all the way back. Him and J.J. Watt were lifting. So things can be made right. Maybe deals can change and ideas can move. But I like if if this legitimately is just Lamar saying, nah, I'm going to play one more year and I'll fucking get my money later. That's awesome. Well, Kyler too, didn't. I mean, he said he wanted a new deal before the start of the draft. Yep. Like, if I guess if nothing's public yet, they might be just be waiting to do that. But do you think that he'll like? So now I, I you assume that they have to get something done before the draft now. Yeah, you and when think- he's already shut, like you know, like he's he's fed up with it. He took unfollowed him. He'll do all that shit again. It's interesting, you know, the way the business is mm. done these days. Uh, but if everybody's getting paid, I'm happy about it. AJ, there's going to be so much money flooding into the NFL, and I think yeah. all these players know it, dude. Yeah, they absolutely know it, and they're they're confident in themselves. But like you said, bet, talk about bet on yourself. Lamar has hundreds of millions of dollars that the team is willing to pay him right now, and he's saying, nah, I'm good. Let me go out here and just play and get better, and we'll talk about that later. I'd say, yeah, you felt you feel pretty good about yourself. You could slip and fall down the stairs, and your career is over. So it's not nothing's guaranteed. I see the headline in Forbes already. The two hundred and fifty million dollar bet. Oh, oh yeah, mm-hmm. yeah. You know, oh, and it's Lamar like shaking the shit out of somebody next year. He signs for three hundred million. <laughs> this guy made twenty percent more than he would have made if he would have bet this whole thing. I mean, the business side of this is all going to be aired out publicly, which is what Harbaugh was also talking about at the end, where he's like, "If you want me to talk, maybe we can all talk about your contract. How's your contract? When do you want to go to your boss and ask for a raise?" What a line there! Harbaugh's sick of it. You know, why is everybody talking about this? 
Harbaugh seems like a real no nonsense guy, straight shooter, doesn't he? Yeah, he does. I wonder what it was like. That's why his guys like him. His guys respect. He he works his dudes. I, I know, like it's it is not easy in Baltimore in camp, whatever. They're physical, like they play hard. You got to be bought in, I assume, though, to play over there, right? Special teams guy. Oh yeah. Hey, listen, it's going to take all of us. That's right. <laughs> Three phases. How was your training camps? You guys go hard. I know you guys always rode those stupid bikes. No, no, they're not stupid. They're not <laughs> stupid. Right, that was right. a cheap shot. You do not deserve that. <laughs> but, I actually like it, but I just, you know, yeah. knew get a pop there. The bike thing you guys do over there, because you got to drive across the street or whatever. Normally, it's yeah. in cars in the middle of winter. Did you guys go hard in training camp? Was Mike McCarthy, uh, hey, let's go ahead and hit? Yeah, we definitely, we definitely went hard in camp, especially my first year was McCarthy's first year. It was the old CBA. So my first five years were, you know, no real rules when it comes to camp and all that as far as how many padded. Well, you were padded day one. Like your first practice of camp is padded two a day. So like that's just how it was. So, yeah, McCarthy, he definitely from Pittsburgh, man. He likes to he likes to go. We were were definitely cracking skulls a lot. Yeah, Uh, yeah, your first your first day is a padded two a day. You were you could tell that you wanted to say. You know, it was a nightmare, basically. No, well, it's, And it's your first practice is like 8, from like 8.30 to like 10.45, 8.30 to 11. Then you have all day and you practice 6.30 to like 9 at night. So no, no, like no real free time in between. <laughs> you. So it's a, it's a grind. Yeah. You know, my days back in the day were real difficult. <laughs> I bet. You know, because during the day where they all had meetings, I just had to roam aimlessly around campus. Mm. Yeah. Stop it. That had to be awkward, though, for you because terrible. you're on the team you're, and it's like, yeah, that would be a weird situation. Terrible. Yeah, it was terrible. Nowhere near as hard as yours, but, you know. But different, though. Like, mentally weird. Like, what am I supposed to do? Yeah, I just sat there in my uh, my dorm, basically, right off the side. Had it pretty souped up when the boys came back. Nice little clap. Yeah. Stopping some meetings. <laughs> you know, I go stopping some meetings. Hey, how we doing? You know, fake juice. Everybody's miserable. <laughs> Poked the head in the offensive line room. Boys! Maybe we hit a little harder tomorrow. <laughs> yeah. You know, that type of stuff. And then you guys still got another three hours of fucking meetings. So... You can only do that. Go to the training room, practice juggling a golf ball with a golf club. Nice. <laughs> Showcase that on the show. Shoot some hoops in the gym. Hopefully not roll an ankle. And then just, you know, kind of go about your day every single day and just say, hey, I'm sorry, boys. You guys want something to drink or smoke? I got some edibles over here. Do whatever you got to do, man. Season's soon enough. None of this means anything. Can't wait to get started. But those old CBA rules, you guys are a bunch of madmen. The fact that you never had a uh, concussion yeah. is yeah. incredible. Continues to be. Knock on, knock on wood, right? I wish they would have put the. Uh, I wish we would have put oh, the, the uh, diaper caps. The, the diaper caps the, on yeah, your. Those are cool. Mm-hmm. Sick. I wish you would have been able to do that. Maybe keep you safer or not. You yeah. know, that would have yeah. been a cool thing. Tomorrow night, big night for the NBA. What? Playing games are happening. Yeah. And joining us now is not only an NBA legend, an NBA champion, a man who hosts a podcast that we all love, the All the Smoke podcast, alongside Stack, Stephen Jackson, ladies and gentlemen. Matt Barnes. What's up, man? What's up, fellas? Hey, man, thank you for having me. Big fan of you guys as well. No, listen, need to tell you this. Love everything you fucking do. Well, I don't don't listen to everything you do. (laughs) Everything I see you in, though, I enjoy immensely. I'm a big fan, man, honestly. Appreciate that. Now, Jack was telling me some stories about the indie days, how we got to talk off camera. I heard you guys used to get it in back in the indie days. (laughs) Yeah, so we had a good time, man. Indianapolis is a good time, and uh, we will definitely have to experience that. The All the Smoke podcast has really changed the game, I feel like, of the NBA. Whenever you guys start that, do you know immediately it's going to be a success, or at what point do you think you found out, like, oh, we got something good here 
We really didn't know, to be honest with you, bro. We didn't. We, me and Jack were both respected to be doing ESPN and Fox at the time and, and getting a lot of positive feedback. But, you know, playing playing in those spaces, you got to kind of walk a straight line. And, and Jack and I have always kind of jumped off the line from here uh, from time to time. So I threw out the idea about a podcast. Neither of us really knew what it was, but knew that, you know, we can kind of be us. We could smoke. We could drink. We could really talk our shit. And, uh, you know, kind of cold pitched that to Showtime right at the right time when they were starting a Showtime basketball department. And, uh, man, they picked it up and, and, and we struck gold. So it, it was really a, a lot of luck went into, you know, the good business. That's not luck. That's good business, man. That's good business. Great work. Go ahead, AJ. Did you have any idea going in that you would enjoy it as much as you would or it's as good as it, nah. it really is? I mean, it's crazy. I mean, you guys know, I mean, you guys are over there making the big money. We're trying to get like you, but to think that you get paid to, to talk shit and, and, and learn more about people you admire and look up to and uh, really open doors for other people. You know, when we first came in this space, we were learning the space, not knowing at the time that, you know, people were looking up to us, realizing like, shit, if they can do it, we can do it type stuff. And that's what we always want to do. We always want to inspire and encourage people. But um, we really, like I said, didn't know what we were doing at the beginning, got lucky. And uh, man, we you know our first year out the gates, we won sports podcast of the year with a lot Ooh, of big yeah. Hey, let's go! What's next? Anything on the horizon? You guys gonna uh, keep building and growing? And we see you on ESPN. Yeah. Is that? I assume ESPN, by the way, side job at this point. No offense, to ESPN, yeah. but folks, uh, yeah, yeah, yeah. With all due respect, you know, they're kind of you know to me, ESPN is a great platform to be on. You know, I enjoy my time there. Uh, but, yeah, uh, inside this Showtime basketball space, man, we're building out a lot of different show ideas. You know, we've signed Kevin Garnett, Paul Pierce, Jamal Crawford. I think we just locked in Chandler Parsons. Uh, I know I'm forgetting a few people. So we're trying to build something over there. We're creating shows. Um, I'm in the midst right now of helping Allen Iverson uh, build his podcast. So we're just doing hey, a lot of cool stuff. Hey, let's go. Hey, that's yeah, fucking no, awesome. Like Everybody wants to hear from AI, you know, beloved cultural icon on and off the court. So we feel like we've got to do him right and help him get started as well, man. So we're doing a lot of dope shit over at Showtime Basketball, man. It feels like the NBA has always been filled with a lot of entrepreneurs. You know, I, I feel like that is the case. I might be, am I wrong in thinking that? It feels like, because there's only a certain amount of you guys, right? I feel like you guys know who's going to be NBA guys whenever you get older too, as you grow up. And I feel like there is a lot of generational pass down of information. I feel, I might be wrong in reading this from the outside in, but it feels like there's a lot more entrepreneurs in the NBA world than other sports. Am I wrong? Uh I think now, now there is, you know, obviously because first of all, you know, you're able to see our face, you know, whether you're a starting guy, your guy sitting at the end of the bench, the camera still, you still get plenty of camera time. Um, but I think now, you know, I played from 2002 to 2017, so it doesn't wasn't necessarily the business side that we discussed back in the locker room. It just wasn't that way. I think towards the end of my career is when guys really started talking about life after basketball and business, entrepreneurship, investing, all that kind of stuff. So I think I caught the end of that. But, you know, I was someone who was able to, you know, being a role player. I was a role player. I wasn't a star. Uh, you know, I played my job, did my job, did what I was supposed to do. But I was able to navigate uh, post-career because, you know, I always tried to make relationships along the way. And knowing that, you know, at one point you may need to lean on someone, especially me, you know, going to UCLA, playing for the Lakers, playing for the Clippers. You know, I wanted to go into television just more behind the scenes after sports. Uh, you know, I happened to get in front of the camera, but my my goal is to be more behind the camera uh, and stuff like this. Right there. Perfect. You just went behind right. the camera. Just like that. <laughs> Fucking nailed it. Matt, speaking of uh, of relationships, what was it like to, to play against and to hang out with Kobe? Uh, Kobe was dope, man. Our relationship started, you know, he 
came to LA in 96. I came to UCLA in 98. And uh, obviously hearing of who he was in high school, tremendous player, uh, but he was always on our campus. You know, it's well documented that, you know, when he didn't necessarily fit in right away with the Lakers. So he was more on our campus because we were all closer in age. So that's how I first met Kobe at UCLA. And I'd sneak back into Poly Pavilion and kind of watch his workouts and just be in awe of this kid that was at the time was a kid, but was really only like a year and a half older than me. I'm like, shit, if that's what you have to do to get in the NBA, good luck for me. (laughs) (laughs) So just kind of watching that and then, you know, admiring his game, getting an opportunity to guard him. You know, it was always just a, every time we went at each other, it was a mutual respect. And I was just going to try to make him work for everything. If he was going to score 30 points, he had to take 30 shots. I mean, I think all of it kind of culminated uh, with the ball fake in Orlando in 2010 that is still talked about like it happened yesterday. <laughs> uh, but people don't know from that, uh, that's how we really became tight. You know, it was a respect matter before that. But then uh, after that season, you know, Kobe, Kobe called me and uh, didn't even have his number. You know, it was just a random phone call that came. I was ready to head to Miami and play with the big three that they were building over there with LeBron and Bosch and Wade. I get a call from a number I don't know. I happen to pick it up, and it's Kobe. And I'm like, I'm like, hello? He's like, what's up? It's Kobe. I'm like, yeah, fucking right. Who is this? And, it was <laughs> him. and uh, you know, he just, you know, talked to me. He, he, he liked the way I played, you know, how hard I played, the intensity I played with. And he told me, literally, he's like, anyone crazy enough to fuck with me, that's crazy enough to play with me. Do you want to be a Laker? I'm like, hell, fucking. I grew up in Cali, you know, Showtime, Magic Johnson, those those teams, or, you know, the, the, what I grew up on. Uh, you know, pretty much he, he sought me out. And I, I want to say maybe three or four days after he asked me that question, I was a Laker. Damn. Jeez. Hey, that's yeah. amazing. Full circle moment there. Can we put <laughs> right, this back right. up? Can we put the, the hey, you're, you're looking away, obviously, at this point. Corner of your eye, you're thinking to yourself, God damn. This dude, it, like, what is going through your head when he doesn't budge? Do you think he is? Uh, do you think he's fucked up? Like, do you think maybe he's not paying attention? How would nah. how did it go from your perspective here? It was weird. It was it was a random thing. It wasn't like, hey, I'm gonna ball fake the ball in this dude's face. It was just really period, and like, just out of the blue. My arms did it. It wasn't even like I was thinking. Yeah, just yeah. my arms, like, Natural. fuck this dude. Yeah. Do it out there. Uh, but yeah, the fact that he didn't blink, I didn't realize. I knew I put it right in his face, but I didn't realize, obviously, until later night on Sports Center, that like it was touching his eyelashes, and this guy didn't even blink. So I just, I always, I always knew he was a stone cold killer. I mean, this shit just kind of confirmed it. <laughs> uh, okay, so I love the fact that. Hey, that's an impressive thing to do to not yeah. hit him, though. Mm-hmm. Too. Like yeah, I hope you've thought it was about right that. Right there, it was right there, right in his face. You being surprised on sports, or man, I fucking really did. <laughs> I got really, I got a lot closer than I thought it was going to get there. Is there anybody in today's game that you think has the, or maybe the next generation? Right, let's talk about that next generation. It feels like there's a great future to the NBA right now. Who do you think is going to carry on the legacy? Right, because Kobe handed it to like LeBron is obviously now, and then Kevin Durant. Like who? Who do you mm-hmm. think are some of those younger guys that we're not talking enough about? John Morant seems like a fucking guy. Yeah. I mean, I really love John Rant. I love Jason Tatum over in Boston. I think he's a killer. Uh, Luca, Luca could at one point be the face of the NBA. You think about Giannis. I think after this next era of LeBron, KD, and Steph retire, um, it's going to be in great hands. Again, Giannis is one of the best players in the world. Uh, Jokic is still fairly young, uh, but these young superstars, Lamelo Ball, the game is in great hands. The game to me. It's, it's obviously not as physical as it used to be. And, you know, I'm someone who appreciated defense, but I understand the direction the game is going. It's more global now because the scores are higher. You're seeing more dunks. You're seeing more three-pointers. You're seeing a lot higher skill level 
um, from some of these younger kids coming in, man. So I just sit back and enjoy it. I'm not someone that's going to bitch about, oh, I wish it used to be this way or that way. I sit back and enjoy the rave, man. These kids are uh, amazing talents. And, uh, you know, I wish they and hope they get all the fucking money they can. Get all yeah. the money. Get all the money. Everybody get mm -hmm. all the money. Do you think Steph Curry mm -hmm. had a massive part of this entire change, right? Because there's like five foot yep. ten kids now that are thinking to themselves, <laughs> right. hey, I can I can get buckets, though. Maybe mm -hmm. they can. Yeah. I feel like he's a massive yeah. part of the change of the whole game, yeah. right? Well, I think that the skill set has really opened the door because you look at, you know, I'm 6'8", and, you know, I used to just kind of blend in at my height because everyone was around my height or bigger. But I think, you know, obviously with the emergence of Steph and his ability to shoot the ball from anywhere and then the skill level, someone like Kyrie being able to dribble the ball and do anything, it's really not a big man game anymore. It's really just more about skin. Uh, it's really a skill game now, and that's opened the doors. You know, I coach my twins who are 13, and it's just like, you know, we used to get warmed up by shooting under the basket like they used to do back in the day. These little motherfucking kids come in the gym, put their shoes on and start shooting for passports, get warmed up. I'm like, oh, what is going on here? So I definitely think that's the Steph Curry effect. But again, these kids, the skill level to me is, is higher than it's ever been. And it's beautiful to watch. It seems like the basket's bigger for some of these mothers. I yeah, mean, it crazy, really does. Right? It's, yeah, it's insane. It's How is that? Because it'll be even yeah. off. Like you'll watch from the back yeah. and it'll be off and it'll still fall mm -hmm. somehow. It's like mine yeah. is getting spit out to half court right there. I don't know why that happens. Go ahead, Ty. Now, when you look at the Lakers, obviously with Frank Vogel getting fired, does it matter who they hire? Like they're talking Doc Rivers or Nick Nurse maybe, but with like the way they're set up, does it how how much are they going to benefit from getting a new coach? The Lakers' issues start with management. I think winning starts at the top, and, and I think they know that better than anyone. You know, they've been able to capture the most championships are tied with the Celtics, if I'm not mistaken, or maybe one more. I don't really know that. But I, they've won several championships. But it starts, with, it starts with management, you know what I mean? And, and from there, it trickles down. So right now, I don't necessarily think the coach is the biggest issue. I think the, the, the biggest issue is the way the roster was constructed. Uh, you know, this is a young man's game now. They obviously had the oldest roster in the league with the average age over 30. Um, and then you, you're, you're depending on guys that on paper are Hall of Famers and, and first bout Hall of Famers and have great careers, but they're a little bit older. So I think they really relied a lot on Anthony Davis, but Anthony Davis was hurt this season. So to me, it doesn't necessarily matter who's in that chair. I, I have a feeling considering the way Russell Westbrook's contract is structured that they're going to end up having to run it back with their big three being mm. LeBron, um, yeah. AD, and, and, and yeah. Russ. And I think it's going to take some sacrifice from LeBron as arguably the greatest, if not number two of all time. He'll be the all-time leading scorer after next year, top 10 in assists. But I think it's going to take some sacrifices from LeBron to really empower Russ and get the best out of Russell Westbrook. So I just think these guys whoa, whoa, need whoa, time whoa, whoa. together. Whoa, 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 What are you saying? You're saying that he said, hey, Brody, this is my fucking show? You think he needs to, he needs to not do that? You think that's How's the, he do that? How's he empower? Yeah, how's he empower? Yeah, I don't. I don't think he says that. I think LeBron is probably one of the probably the cool, coolest superstars. Never played with him, just played against him. But really, just letting Russ know because everyone knows LeBron is ball dominant, and that's I don't mean that in a bad way. I mean he's, he's again, top ten in assists. So how do you take a step back from yourself to empower someone who's ball dominant, but may not also have the rest of the, the, the game you have? So I think he understands that. You know, Russ's success will mean Lakers' success because uh, you know LeBron is going to be LeBron. You know AD is going to be AD as long as he's on the court. If you think about it, those three only got – out of 82 games, they only played 21 games together. And I know in L.A. it's a fast lane, so they want immediate success. But I think that duo just needs more time together to really figure out because they're pieces that don't necessarily fit – but I think with how great all they are, they can make it fit. It's just going to take time. AD said, hey, we can be the pillars that are winning championship. Oh, yeah. He just said it. Frank Vogel, 
he did great things here in Indiana. He won the Bubble Bowl, but mm -hmm. he's on his way out. I'm excited <laughs> to see who runs that, runs that whole thing. Maybe bring back Pat Riley. Go Ooh. ahead, Connor. Yeah, Matt, you played with and against Kobe, and as a Celtics fan, I think of like Kevin Garnett. But who to you is someone that is like all time in trash talk on the court, whether you played with him or against him? Kobe didn't really talk too much trash, to be honest. He was just a, he would look at you and 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 to me, I never really got the shit talking. I think KG was a great shit talker. Uh, great shit talker, but he would do weird shit like like blowing your face and oh, and, Lance and, and Stevenson. like almost like like the disrespectful shit that made you really want to fight. You know, it was crazy because I never I always played against KG, and now that he's over here at Showtime Basketball, I really got a chance to know him and, and just just see that that same energy he played with on the court is the same energy he attacks life with. So it's always just a pleasure to be around him. Have this dude telling some of the greatest stories ever told. He's a great storyteller, but. If I were to pick one trash talker, I missed Gary Payton. Gary Payton was older than me. I'd probably say the best trash talker of my time was probably Kevin Garnett. Yeah, he's uh, – well, they had him on TNT for, what, 10 minutes? <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. 21. Yeah, well, yeah 10 yeah, minutes yeah. or something like that. He is – Awesome. Yeah. I, he was great in that uh, Adam Sandler's again. Uncut, yes. Uh -huh. yeah. He was great in there no, as well. We got some, we got something we're cooking up really, really dope with me, KG, and a couple other people. Don't want to announce their names yet, but it's going to be something that's, that's that it's going to be some shit. So oh, you guys are up to something. Him. You guys are up yeah. to something. <laughs> yes, wow, let's go. Yeah. So what do you guys do? Do you guys just shoot hoops over there all day and think of ideas? It sounds like you got a fucking all-star team. No, I just smoke weed over there all day and think of ideas. I don't, I don't, I don't touch bas I don't. I don't do the basketball thing no more. Just, just, just ideas. Yeah, smart. I, we do similar actions. Go ahead, Tone. Matt, with the whole thing uh, kicking off tomorrow, is there a couple teams that you'd like to potentially win this? And if one of them is Brooklyn, does Ben Simmons have to be a part of that because they need to get stops? I think the, the the team that has the best shot to make any noise in all the playing situations is obviously Brooklyn. I think considering what kind of season they had with you know with you know Kyrie uh, standing on his own and and not taking you know whether you like it or not he stood on his own. He came back. James Harden kind of forcing his way out of that. Uh, Kevin Durant you know had some injury issues, but at the end of the day, I feel like Kevin Durant is the best player in the world. Kyrie is a top five player in the world. Anytime you have those two guys at the bottom of a conference you got to be worried at the top of the conference. So I think you know what you're going to get from those two stars. To me, it's, it's what is Andre Drummond going to do? What is Seth Curry going to do? Um, what is Goran Dragic going to do? Do Aldridge and Blake Griffin have anything in the tank? And then obviously, you know, there's now talks that Ben Simmons could possibly join them at some point in the first round if they're able to get there. I think Ben Simmons is a great fit because he's a pass-first point guard and he likes to play defense. This dude is 6'10", he can guard anybody on the court. So obviously, adding Ben Simmons to that mix is going to be a big boost for them. But I think if they can stay healthy and, and, and somehow incorporate Ben Simmons, this team has a chance to, to, to fuck around and, and make a crazy run uh, to the Eastern Conference. All right, Matt, I was thinking about this. Do you think maybe he didn't have any back spasms and they were just teaching him how to fucking shoot? <laughs> <laughs> no, no. No, no chance. I, I, Do you yeah. think? Because I've seen videos of him. Hey, splash. We're talking yeah. like pull yeah. up splash. No, I've seen, I, and, and even before this season, like Ben works out in LA all the time. I've seen Ben Simmons in pickup games shoot off the dribble, shoot spot up threes, and do it, but it's it's just different. And Pat, you know, when those lights come on, it's different. And not saying that he's a different player, but just the confidence in that shot to be okay with missing or be okay with airball. And some people haven't got over that fright yet. So I think Ben can shoot. I just think it's a it, it's just a confidence factor and being okay with missing, knowing that shit Steph even misses. So I just think he just has to kind of change his mindset. Ben's whole problem to me, and I say this with all due respect, I think is just the mental approach of the game, and he just needs a real good vet 
in his ear on his ass to just stay encouraging him. I think, hey, by the way, that's awesome to hear because that's real insight from a guy who's been on a lot of different teams and had a lot of different success. But, like, what's the worst that could happen, Ben Simmons? It has already happened. Mm-hmm. So, like, mm-hmm. you're already there. So who gives a fuck at this point? Like, right. I, I think that right. is something that he should maybe think because what's the worst? Mm-hmm. You're going to get buried by everybody who says you can't shoot? Well, we're here. Everybody says you can't shoot. Yeah. Like, like, this is the well, worst. you think about it, I mean, I mean, he has a max deal, and he's been an all-star, and he's first-team all-defense, and, and, and he can't technically shoot. So, like, like you said, I agree. I mean, what's the worst that can happen, man? You just got to play your game. Hey, when you're preparing for a team like the Nets, and you said you got two top five players uh, in the world, what take me inside of, like, training, like a layout of a meeting. Like, hey, we need to take these two guys out. How are we going to do that? We got three guys on these two guys. How do you mm-hmm. specifically, like, game plan for games like that, especially with two dudes like KD and Kyrie on the team? Well, that's the thing. You want to try to take their stars out, but obviously that's easier said than done. So you want to throw multiple looks at them. You want to trap their pick and rolls. You want to play different pick and roll coverages. Uh, you may even want to double team some of these guys at the point. And that's why I said earlier to me that the success of this team is not going to be those two because you can try whatever you want. These motherfuckers are still going to do what they do. Control the rest of the team. Control the rest of What is the rest of the team going to give you? If the rest of the team is able to step up, knowing what your two stars are going to give you, to me, that's why they have a chance. But I don't really think it matters. I know there's going to be some coaches that think they have some great game plan to slow these two down. But if these guys have off games, it's going to be because they just shot the ball poorly. It won't necessarily be, I say with all due respect to any any one player that's going to try to lock these two guys up because they're unguardable. Hey, that's like coaches, though. They have to explain why something's going to work and then it doesn't happen. You guys got 82 games, too, so that failed. Right. <laughs> hey, listen, just like fucking last time. <laughs> just like last time, right. Uh, right. We right. appreciate you, man. Every Thursday, all the smoke on uh, yeah. Showtime. Yeah. We can't thank you enough for joining us, brother. Hey, man, we need you to come on our show, and we need Aaron Rodgers on our show, man. So we need both <laughs> you guys on our shows. I'm putting it out there right now. We need both you guys, man, at some point. We'll fly you out, New York, Atlanta, L.A., wherever you want to come. we got studios in all three places, and we need y'all. Ah, we would be, I would be honored. I'm not speaking <laughs> for Aaron. I don't know. You know, I wouldn't do that. But I appreciate that. You're the best, ladies yeah, and gentlemen, Matt Barnes. Thank you, man. Yeah. You watched all weekend. Colt really stole the show at different times, didn't he? I tell you what, Colt was on the commentary for all of the the streaming part that I was watching. I guess I was watching the streaming version of Colt the whole time. I felt like, yeah, I thought he was good. His first time out there was it was fun to hear him. And also, if you noticed, he probably didn't. But Scotty Scheffler's caddy, I believe, is Bubba Watson's old guy, right? Mm-hmm. Yeah, really. Ted yeah. Scott. Remember Bubba? He and Bubba have gotten into some weird, heated argument kind of things. I I doubt he has that with Scotty. Oh, Scotty hmm. seems to be super low key. Another follow up, uh, Colt swing coach, also Scotty swing. Really? Holy Whoa. shit! A lot Hold of connections. Yeah. Who's that? Uh, certainly a guy. Yeah. Certainly a swing guy. master. That guy certainly is a human. That guy is a great golf swing coach. Oh yeah, Probably Dottie the best. Pepper. No. He is so good. Jerry? Jerry something? Randy Smith. Randy, Randy Smith. Smith. Yeah, Jerry's brother. Randy, Randy. Jerry Smith. Yeah, well, we call him Jerry. Yeah, yeah. obviously. We call him Jerry. Anyways, Randy Smith. Yeah. He was coach of Scotty Scheffler, who has what? This coolest swing of all time. The trick shot bullshit he was pulling off to hit like a dog leg left was insane. Crossing his legs at the end of drives. That man's the number one golfer in the world, and he's in the lead by six strokes. I can't wait to see what Scotty goes on to do. Can't wait to chat with Colt Nosty. Uh, there's a, a weird headline coming out of ESPN's Twitter account uh, just moments ago. 
basically the headline from the Twitter uh, was people thought that Jerry Sandusky was the first sexual predator that Penn State and Joe Paterno faced. Long before him, there's an original. I guess it's about this linebacker that played for Penn State Damn. that was a serial rapist is what this story is alleging and murder happening involved in it. ESPN literally just dropped this out of nowhere. I, we have no idea how or why. When news of Jerry Sandusky's crimes broke, the world thought he was the first sexual predator Penn State football and Joe Paterno had faced. This is a story of the predator who came before. Content warning. This is on an ESPN tweet. Content warning. Contains accounts of sexual assault and murder. Murder. Keep scrolling down a little bit there. Jesus. Keep scrolling down a little bit. That's at 1.01 p.m. on April 11th. They post that. What? I mean, what? I don't, this is just out of nowhere. Is this a new thing? Just stories are coming out. I'm, I have no idea what this is, but this seems like a pretty big thing just to drop at 101 out of nowhere, especially with everything that, you know, has been alleged to have yeah. happened already at Penn State. Well, what? Yeah, I, I'm curious as what that says in there. Serial rapist. So, like, when he was on campus playing, do we know? Yeah, he was a player. He was a linebacker. Bruce Brown was reading through it. And who murdered was, who? Well, I don't know. I don't. No, think, I don't question. think we got to the end of it yet. I don't know if that's written like a Dateline or not. I have right. no idea how that whole thing is written. Is it's that, a two hundred scroller. It's long. Uh, okay, These so are never short. Yeah. Are they saying it was covered up or something? Two hundred scrollers. I'd assume there's quite a cover up happening. Yeah, yeah. Right? at least this pages. First, we're hearing of it. Scroll one fifty to one seventy five. Probably big time cover up there. Yeah, how is this not talked about? One like same thing. Yeah, thing was going on. I don't know. Understand anything? Huh. We'll keep our ears to the ground. <laughs> oh yeah. <laughs> Let's go to the phones. <laughs> Honestly, that's yeah, fucking no. huge news. Yeah, yeah. I, yeah. Oh, just I have so many questions. Just one hundred and one on a fucking Monday. Was he, was this person? Assaulting like people on the team, random people. Was it adults, and, kids? What is it? Yeah, I don't know. And how Joe Joe Pa knew about this? What did Joe Pa know at the time? How much did he know? I mean, this is a whole Nebraska. thing. I mean, that was the, in was. the HBO yeah. thing. Yeah. Mm-hmm. I mean, geez. Man. I mean, this sports is supposed to be you know, good competition, good fun, it's and then like real deep. life cracks in, and that's real serious. One hundred and one on a fucking Monday. Yeah, I mean, I'm. 200 scroller gonna have to dive into that post yeah. show yeah is this like outside the lines is it outside Probably the lines so. written so, form Shaq's yeah, gonna have a thing on it who Jeremy Shap, host of outside the lines yeah. oh yeah he's uh, the new host right cause that, uh, that Bob, uh, Bob Levy. Levy Bob Levy he was awesome Bob Lay Steve Levy. Steve Levy. Right. L-E-Y is his name Bingo. so Bob you're Lay. confusing Levy former Monday Night Football now NHL guy yeah, oh, right yeah. back in his sweet spot. By the way, uh, he is a good NHL he? guy. He's right back in his sweet spot. He's NHL. great talking puck. Yeah, the Pittsburgh Penguins are all the way back. That's anyways. That's yeah. wild. Let's get to the phone calls. We will keep everybody updated, won't we, AJ? Yeah, I mean that's that's news to me. I'm I have a lot of questions. Me too. I think we all, we do. all do. Yeah, that's why they got all your fucking answers. Two hundred scroller. Okay, every yeah. answer, every question you have, the the frequently asked questions is the entire thing. Yeah. Like, here you go. We got you. <laughs> now I'm not a reader. I am not a reader at all. Is this guy alive, though? Do we know if he's alive? Holy shit. He died last year, Zito just said. In jail? Two years ago, Zito? He died of cancer two years ago. I don't know if he was in was he was in jail. I'm not sure about jail. I didn't get that far, but this is how long me. It's still going, guys. Yeah, it's a long article. There's no way well, I'm ever going to read that. So no. I guess I'm just going to have to listen to other people's takes on it. Yeah, you can read it out loud, maybe do like a listening party oh, after. Show. Oh, maybe we'll yeah. do that on like a Spaces. There oh, it is. Yeah. At Barnes & Noble. Send it to AQ. Have him digest it for us. Maybe he can. Yeah. Oh, yeah. We'll send it to all of our Penn State friends. Yeah. Mm-hmm. Now we're you know, we're from idea. Pittsburgh, so uh, there's a lot of Penn State people around Pittsburgh, you know. 
Yeah. And boy, they love being Penn State people. Oh, yeah, people. we are. You know, they, do they really? Oh yeah. Oh yeah. It's a very pride, very proud university. Yeah, the, the history, the tradition. Yeah. He did die in prison. So whatever. Okay. I think I went over, no spoilers at the bottom of the two hundred scholars. I think he he ends up in jail. Yeah. Okay. <laughs> he, because he did yeah. die in jail. So I don't know if it was because of what he did or from other heinous crimes that he did, but he died from from cancer in jail. Okay. That's the bottom of the 200. Okay. <laughs> so if we can get fill in, somebody in the rest, we fill it whoever in. the readers are, I don't even know who that would be in our group. Uh, Honestly, I don't even know if I have. Do you one. think the person who wrote it even read the whole thing? Not back. No way. They sent that off to an editor. The editor yeah. had to read the. The editor probably the only person that's ever read through that entire mm-hmm. thing. <laughs> Written by two people. Hopefully, Tom oh, and Paula. Tom and Paula, great work. Thank, Thank you. you. Thank you. Tom, Thank you, Tom and Paula. We're never gonna read it. But appreciate because if you can make it a movie, that, yeah, yeah, no, it might be eventually. I thought this was going to be like an E60, and this was like a Sounds promo like for it. Hopefully, Jeremy Schaap will do it. Now, this is a problem though because I will only listen now to other people's takes on the entire story, yeah, and then I will form my own take from multiple <laughs> other people's takes mm-hmm. and never really do my own research. This is happening in the world for everything, mm-hmm. you know. Yep. Because there might be something in there that I see that somebody else doesn't see that makes me think myself much differently about a point than somebody else. And we'll never know that. And I want to say, I know it's wrong. Okay. <laughs> fairy tale land. Okay. Fairy tale land. I don't do that. Reality, I'm probably not going to read that thing. Right. I mean, that is very, 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 very long. Very yeah. serious, though. Very, very serious. Just read the, read the headline and then seek the opinion of two or three people that you always agree with and then form your opinion. <laughs> That seems, seems to be the world right. Okay. That seems like the world right. All right, what are my marching orders from this event <laughs> that just happened? Thank you. I will now go do that. Yes. I fucking hate it. This is bullshit. <laughs> Although it seems reasonable, I fucking hate it. Yeah, that's what happens. And then on the other side, what? We, we like it? No, we fucking hate it. Yeah, why? Of course. We fucking hate it! <laughs> just the others that both. I mean, that is literally the world in a nutshell right there. They should show this to like a, a fifth grade class because that's exactly what happens. Mm-hmm. Man. Mm-hmm. How should I think? What's going to make me look the best for the people that I, that I congregate with, that I like? Okay, that's my view. I appreciate being appreciated by this group of people right here. How does that help? Uh, well, let me see. What do we think? That's what I fucking thought, dude. Hell yeah. yeah. It's a bunch of fucking bullshit, <laughs> honestly. And everybody, so, everybody knows everything about everything now. It's insane. Mm-hmm. It's a world of information. That's why you turned to us. Hell, Hell yeah. yeah. We'll tell you. To half-ass you- tell you what's going on in the sports world like 50 years ago. Because <laughs> <laughs> you know, there ain't no way we're reading that fucking no, thing. No, can't do it. No way, AJ. No fucking way. Uh, the timing seems weird. I guess it's kind of a dead time. That's why they put it out. Well, 101 on a Monday. I mean, that is, is this something they've been doing? Like, hey, here's a story you've never heard of. If it's of. that long, they've been working on that for a, a while, I would imagine. That's what I'm saying. Just yeah. drop it randomly. On a Monday. Yeah. I mean, it, it, it's probably what it's just trying to make Penn State look worse. But if also, if this guy is already dead, then, you know, maybe it's also like, oh, well, we can shit on him anyways. A piece of shit. He died in jail. Like, so this is a did you know? Maybe. Feels a like 200 it. scroller did you know? Mm-hmm. Probably. That's trying to say, like, hey, you know, Penn State, you know, long before Jerry Sandusky, there was the original. Tom and Paula from Ohio State, you think? Yeah. Maybe. Mm-hmm. Maybe. Whoa, whoa, whoa! Start a fire over there? We didn't. No, we're good. We didn't start the fire, by the way. I don't think no. any. I don't think other Big Ten schools want other Big Ten schools to look bad. 
doesn't help them. Well, what about Michigan? Yeah. Oh. What about them? Ohio State wants them. You would love for them to look bad. Yeah. When Jim Harbaugh was taking, we want them to look good because then it. You know, it's like like you say for shoot. It's like I'm, you got to prop up your opponent. Yeah, makes you look better whenever you beat a somebody, not a nobody. Rising tides. But at some point, it's nice to let the somebody know they're nobody. You, you know what I mean? I guess so. Let's go to the five right <laughs> five. Let's go to Drew in Arizona. What's going on, Drew? Hey, what's going on, boys? How we doing? Hey, keep Good it moving. Huh? Hey, wanted to talk a little bit of hockey. Uh, looking at some uh, some futures, uh, more specifically, the what do you boys think of the Blues going all the way plus twenty four hundred? No chance. All yeah. right, let's go to Gumpy in the back. Gumpy plus twenty four hundred for the Blues to go all the way. Your thoughts? Uh, zero chance. I am focused on the uh, big WNBA draft tonight, though, Pat. Okay. okay what are the odds? Who's going first overall, Gump? So there was the big trade. Nobody's really talking about okay. it. To the Atlanta Dream, they are now number one. Ooh, oh, what? oh, that's a dream. Yeah, that's they a dream. Traded mm-hmm. with the uh, Washington Mystics. Actually. Actually, oh, wow. moves. Here we they go. always so, trade back. It's either Kentucky's Ryan Howard or uh, Baylor's Nylissa Smith. Okay, well, good luck to both of them. I, uh, I, it's a guarantee it will be Ryan Howard if I know uh, the Atlanta dream like I think I do. Okay, thank okay. you, John. Okay. Thank you. And congrats to Ryan. Ryan Howard. Ryan, Ryan Howard. Howard. Not former baseball player Ryan Howard. No, Kentucky w, WNBA. Star, WNBA yeah. number one draft tonight. Ryan, Ryan Howard. Howard. Congrats. What about congrats. the Iowa girl that shoots from half court? Is she getting drafted? I believe she's only a sophomore, and I, we were saying before, I don't know if she's draft eligible. I don't know how it works. Oh, what are the rules in WNBA? I'm not sure. Not Big time draft tonight. What time is that, Gumpy? Uh, that's a good question, Pat. I, I, already <laughs> know draft go- I already know who's going number one, so I didn't really look at the time. Fair. Smart. It's 8 p.m. We are doing an NFL draft spectacular. It is 17 days away we will not be doing WNBA because I did not know if I was going to be out of my weekend coma that had been planned for a month now 7pm tonight obviously the WNBA draft congrats to Ryan Howard on the Atlanta dream and then our draft spectacular 17 days away how about the draft 17 days away let's go let's go there's going to be long hard days out here talking about absolutely fucking nothing and probably mostly lies but on draft (laughs) night it all culminates to a celebration of us not really knowing who any of these guys are how they're going to do in the NFL but it definitely makes a statement for each organization and program and which way they want to go aj yeah you know the weird thing is out of, so this will be our third draft spectacular correct that mm-hmm. is correct out of all of the three this feels like the one where we know the least about the least amount about of all the players we've been purposefully trying to stay out of it because in right. years past we gotten caught up in the bullshit that's right mm-hmm. so True. now i'm not saying we're going to be able to do that for this entire time i feel like there's going to come a time where we all you know, yeah. a spell gets casted over us. Like, oh, we give a fuck all of a sudden. You know, that's going to happen right. to us at some point over the next 17 days. <laughs> you know, we will actually care because the draft spectacular, you know, that's been a hell of a thing for us in the past. That's been a lot of fun. fun. Yeah. I've had a lot of fun. I But now, though, the great thing about this year is all I have to do is just wait till Wednesdays when, when Mitt's mock comes out. That's all I'm basing Bingo. my decision. Boom. Bingo. And was that a business decision by us to have this happen? Maybe. Also, Mitt seems to be a weapon in this. Oh, yeah. Locked in. What if we have what if we have the best mock drafter in the history of mock drafting? It's possible. You hear him? He gives his full thoughts in transparency is just unfathomable mm-hmm. just a couple weeks ago. Oh yeah. Hey, you know Mitt's going to have the most detailed breakdown mm-hmm. of the top 16 draft picks out of anybody on television. It's like 
Is this fucking Mel Kuyper, Todd McShay, Emmett McMahon? What are we looking at? Basically, I mean, he's been locked in the film room for the past, I don't know. That's because you watch highlights. Well, I do. That's just because I know that, you know, we got the best film room watcher right back there in Mitt McMahon. He's been eating pumpkin pie all day long. Oh, yeah. Hey, Mel? Uh, Mitt. Mitt's falling into the milk. doing a lot of whippets. Is Mitt? <laughs> no, 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 no. This is the clearest he's been. Yeah. He's got to keep a clear head, you know, because he's got this mock coming every single right. Wednesday. Yeah. yeah, exactly. The world is depending upon Mitt. Mitt knows that. Yeah, he cl- stepped away from the glass. You guys seen that? Yeah, yeah for sure. Yeah. Clear yeah. eyes, full whippets. Mitt can No, lose. no, no, no. No no whippets for Mitt, I don't think. And if he is, you need to stay away from that. <laughs> Mitt, you need to stay away from that. Almost took Steve-O's. Steve-O yeah. down. You no, that shit's scary. People yeah. really dive into that. Oh, yeah. It made me dizzy. I didn't really... You've done that? Well, yeah, of course. I mean, what are we even talking about? Like, what, what's the, how does it make you feel? It just, you know, it's dizzy. just like, uh, yeah, I get like, I got like dizzy. Like, I didn't, I'm like, oh, I did not like this. And does then it make they, you want to do it again? Well, that's what everybody else was doing. Everybody was like, yeah, let's keep it going. We got another one. You got it. And I'm like, ah, okay. Uh. So I obviously did. And then it did it again. And I'm like, ah. And they're like, one more. Okay. And then I got out. I'm like, all right, I can't do this anymore. It's not my thing. People fall in love with that shit, though. Mm-hmm. It is not a. I've seen that really do some damage to oh, the, yeah. old, uh, the old the old Steve jumping around his apartment and smashing into the fan and going crazy. It's scary. And it never made sense to me. I never really got it. I feel like my brain has a... Uh, I've been very lucky with a couple of things. They're like, no, nah, don't like it. Let's not do this. Mm-hmm. You got it. I'm out of here. Now, with that being said, I need 100 shots of tequila. What? All right. Uh, joining us now is a man who is covering the Masters all four days. Wow. Woo! Absolutely crushed it. Former pro golfer, now absolute stud in the podcast game with the Subpar Podcast. And he's the co-host of the Gravy and the Sleaze. Ladies and gentlemen, Cold Nuts. Yeah. How we doing, guys? Hey, how are you, Bob? Good to see you, man. How's the uh, coming off a great weekend? I assume you're on an all-time high. Or are you tired as shit right now? Uh, both, to be honest. <laughs> it, was a, it was an incredible week. A uh, lot of fun, but I'm exhausted. But I'm ready to get going. I'm heading up to Hilton Head after I get done with you guys and do it all over again. Okay, so you're diving right into the golf coverage here. The Masters is obviously like the Super Bowl of this entire thing. And with the way streaming went, there's basically no commercials. I was just mm-hmm. watching the Masters almost straight through. You would pop in and do your thing. What's the mindset when you're covering the uh, sport as opposed to playing it? Anything different? You're just trying to break it down for people to understand think, uh, things simpler? Yeah, you know, first off, I'm a big fan of you. Like when I, I listen to how you break down things and I, and I love it. That's not, that's all seriousness. Like Charles Barkley has always been one of my idols. I love the way he breaks down games and helps people that might not know that much about the sport, understand it. And that's just what I try to do. I try to make it fun. You know, at the end of the day, it is a show. I know it's the masters, but I want it to be fun. I want it to be enjoyable for everybody to watch. How do you do that at the masters? I, I know I, you definitely did. And you, you're going back and forth with uh, your broadcast partners like, did you feel at any times you're like, oh, okay, I got to dial it back a little bit? Did they ever try to be, get too stuffy on you? You know, I know it is the Masters, and it's the biggest golf tournament in the world, and you know, that's, it's all about the history and the tradition there. So I definitely rein it in a little bit, I would say. But you know, I just think times have changed quite a bit, and I, I think we're allowed to be entertaining nowadays. But you know, I know the main focus is the golf, is the golf course, and all that, but. It's still it's it's a show, man. I, I just have so much fun. I'm just I'm such a, a fan of the game of golf. It's I'm so lucky to get to 
you know, talk about it for a living. Hell yeah, you're doing a great job. Let's talk about Scotty Scheffler. This dude seems to be different. Now, obviously, he is in conversation with just Tiger Woods for a lot of different records, and there's a lot of similarities to the beginning of their careers, their professional careers. He seems to be, you know, maybe, I don't want to say the most religious person I've ever encountered, but at that elite level, him just falling back completely on his faith to be able to put the pedal down and step on somebody's throat, which is basically what he did all day Sunday. We were all waiting for him to collapse. Everybody was waiting for this 25-year-old to fall off. He never did. What was it like watching him? And was he as nonchalant on the course as it appeared as it was whenever I was on a lot of vitamins in my couch? It seemed like he was just so chill out there. He didn't even know what was going on. Yeah, so I've known Scotty since he was seven years old. Uh, he grew up at the golf course I practiced at in Dallas. I've been around him his whole life. Um, he's he's a winner. You know, he's won at every single level he's played at. He won 90 junior golf tournaments out of 136, which is just ridiculous. You know, he's junior. He's won in college, Corn Ferry. Now he's won on the PGA Tour, and the next step was a major championship, and he got it done. I feel like a lot of people were waiting on him to kind of collapse a little bit on Sunday, and he just never did it. You know, he kept his composure. It was it was so impressive to watch. I, mean, I can't imagine having to deal with those nerves. I mean, he said – you know, he was sick to his stomach all week trying to play golf. The nerves were that were that high. You know, he, he talked about how he, he got emotional Sunday morning before he even went to the golf course. He said he didn't know if he was ready for this moment yet. And his, he's got a great team around him. His wife is so supportive. She gave him a little pep talk, and he went out and performed. Maybe the greatest I mean, speaker of all time, his yeah. wife. Yeah, by the way. Maybe. Yes, no cool. kidding. God, I need one of those in my life. <laughs> that was incredible. Yeah, but yeah everybody he, does, it seems like. He looked so cool and calm out there. I mean, I thought both days, Saturday and Sunday, like he was tested right out of the gate, missing the green at the first hole. I was going to be like, okay, we're going to see where his nerves are early. And he just walked up there and hit a beautiful chip shot each day, got up and down for par, and then just, he just ran away from the field. Colt, what was it like with uh, like interacting with the players, I assume, like on the putting green, on the driving range? Is it tense or is it, does it feel – does it even feel at all like a, any other tournament? No, it's different. There's no doubt about it. I mean, anybody that says they try to treat it like a normal tournament, they're lying. Um, it's it's a totally different experience. Um, you know, players, I would say, they're not on social media during the Masters. You know, you, I've heard Jordan Spieth talk about how he just turns all his stuff off during the week. <laughs> hey, that's pretty good. Hey, thanks, Sid. <laughs> just got me in the mood. You know, I'm turning off my social media for a week, too. Oh, yeah. But it's, it is. It's tense. I mean, it's it's a major championship, and it's it's the major. I mean, every kid that plays the game of golf, they grew up dreaming of winning the Masters. And so I, I think they're, it, you can feel the tension out there. It's it's so cool. If you've never been to the Masters and Augusta National, you got to go. All right, Cole, I got a question for you. What separates the guys that are Scotty Scheffler and the people that could just juggle golf balls well? What is the thing you think in golf that separates the, you know, the earners, the, the go get the superstars to the people that are just kind of trying to find their way? What do you think is the separator? And at what age do you think that gets cut off? Well, I would say the main thing is talent. Okay. I mean, this kid is born with uh, an unbelievable talent. And Scotty Scheffler is one of the hardest workers I've ever seen. I mean, I'm sure with you when you were trying to get to the NFL, I mean, you were out there busting your ass working nonstop, that's right, cool. and that's what these guys do. Um, it's it's crazy how good they are, though. The, get, it, the, the quality of golf just continues to get better and better. And I, you know, I, I think it's kind of unfair to, to compare Scotty to Tiger Woods because we'll never see another Tiger Woods, in my opinion. But the run he is on right now is something truly special to watch. And you said you're going to Hilton Head next. That's the next tournament. That's next weekend, PGA Championship. This is allegedly Scotty's uh, favorite course. 
Uh, that's in a few weeks. The PJ Championship Southern Hills. This week is the RBC Heritage up at Harbortown in Hilton Head, South Carolina. Uh, a great tournament. Awesome. It's a it's a sneaky good party th- this week coming up. Oh, okay. Cole, do you think we're ever going to see like peak Rory McIlroy again? Because it seems like all the time he just kind of plays like shit or just good enough to get by the first three days and then always comes out on Sunday when he's a couple shots back and plays incredible. Yeah. You know, Rory's so talented. It's just ridiculous. He makes the game look so easy, like what he did yesterday. We were joking on our Gravy in the Sleep show just a little bit ago. A little bit ago, I was like, you know, if Rory, if he could just play on Thursday the way he does on Sunday, this would be a lot easier. I don't understand why he doesn't do that. He's just, he, he goes, I mean, I don't know if anybody has a lower scoring average on Sunday in major championships than Rory. He uh, he is not scared to backdoor top 10 or even a, even a higher finish like he finished second yesterday. It's just the consistency, right? That's what separates the the good from the great. And Because there'll be like one day you'll see somebody whose irons are just unstoppable. Then the next, their driver is great. And the irons are a little bit uh, back. I think it golf is like such a humanizing sport because even the best hit some bad shots. How the hell do you not hit just terrible shots every third <laughs> shot? Like th- there's a couple of times yesterday during the coverage where it was very clear between the the golfer and the caddy exactly what they were trying to do. Hey, we're going to land this at 138 yards, and we need to shape it around this fucking tree. And I just thought to myself, like, at what point do you get to that, and can everybody do that that's on tour? Uh, yeah, everyone on tour definitely can. But, you know, this game is freaking hard. There's no, And that's one of the beautiful things about it is, you know, you go out and you play great. You shoot 64 on Thursday. Well, that's cool. But now you got to wake up and do it again, and then again, and then again, if you want to win. So it's it's really great. It's awesome to go out and play great, but the fact that you have to do it three more times in a week to have a chance to win the golf tournament is what makes this game so damn stressful and maddening. But, Pat, there's a reason I quit. It's because every third <laughs> shot was bad for me. <laughs> <laughs> well, you're great on TV, so we're all pretty happy for your contributions now. Go ahead, Colt. Yeah, Colt, obviously Scotty's only 25, but is there anybody else in the pipeline? Maybe, you know, Charlie Woods. We're also big little John Daly fans. Like, do you think there are guys <laughs> that might come up and uh, make some noise early? Oh, no doubt. These kids nowadays, they're so prepared to, when they get out on tour to win immediately. It used to be, you know, you, you always heard you had to have some experience, spend a couple years working your way up and these kids they, they play in front of tv cameras in college they play in front of galleries they get out there they're ready to go i mean what we saw from like colin morikawa and matthew wolf um when they and victor hovland when they came out of college i mean they were contending their first week out it's uh it's a different ball game nowadays golf has never been deeper and younger than it is right now good tom Cole, what happened to uh, Tiger on the weekend? Did he just get tuckered out and the putter kind of failed him? I know you were kind of following him around uh, Saturday on the coverage. I'm not sure if you were on Sunday as well. Um, what happened to Tiger on the weekend? Yeah, I mean, the fact that he teed it up is just remarkable to me. I mean, from what he has come from, you know, being out of golf for over 500 days, the fact he could have almost lost his life and, and his leg is, is what he said. The fact that he was just out there was was awesome. You know, I'll say I expected him to play well this week just because knowing him and how, and what it takes for him to get ready to play around the golf, all the therapy, all the warm-up, all the cool-down afterwards, it's such a pain in the ass that I expected him to play well. If he didn't think he could play well, he wouldn't have teed it up. So I was a little surprised, but at the end of the day, I think you know he got a little tired. The cold weather on Saturday was not good for him. It was, his body just didn't react the way it wanted to. 
And Augusta National is a hard golf course, and he just really struggled with the putter. Um, he said he's going to play, I think, two more tournaments this year. That's good news for everybody. Mm -hmm. That's awesome news. I'm excited to see that. Um, whenever you guys cover the Masters, do they say, hey, say the patrons, <laughs> you know, say the patrons, you know, because we don't, we don't these aren't people. No, 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 no. Not a crowd. These aren't fans. Mm -hmm. It's not spectators. No. These are the patrons. Yes. Of Augusta. Oh. So that is definitely something that is encouraged to be to refer to them as patrons. I mean, they even have it seemed hats. like it. Yes, the merchandise tent that say patrons. Man, any other rules over there? Second nine, first nine. I heard a lot of that. Right, I heard a lot of the second nine, first nine patrons. It's uh, flag stick and hole location oh. um, instead of pin. Um, there's just there's there's all these kind of little things. It's in which, but it's it's different and it's special and it should be. Because it's the Masters and there's nothing else like it. And those photos of everybody watching the shot as opposed to having their phones out, it's like, that's awesome. Yeah. Like, it almost, it feels like, oh, that's the allure of this place. A little bit different. They do things in, in their own way, but everybody loves it and everybody on earth wants to be there to watch that thing. And there's, it looked awesome. It was very cool to watch, and I'm uh, incredibly happy for you, man, getting a chance to cover it and continue to ascend in the golf media coverage world. Well, Pat, AJ, I really appreciate it. Congrats to y'all on all y'all's success. I'm a huge fan of y'all's show. Um, y'all make it a lot of fun. Yeah, this show stinks, Cole. All right? <laughs> Listen, your show's better than ours. We appreciate you stopping by and making ours better. Keep killing it out there, brother. You got it. Thank you so much, guys. All right, see you, ladies and gentlemen. Host of Gravy and Sleaze and the Subpar Podcast, Colton. Yeah, Today's show is presented by Cash App. Cash App couldn't be easier to use from sending money to your buddies to buying Bitcoin. They've simplified everything. You can even buy pieces of any stock or pieces of Bitcoin with as little as $1. Okay, now we go. It's the best finance app in the world, and we appreciate their help with all of our giveaways. Announcements for last week's winners will come on Wednesday. Here we go. Nice. I think that should be your thing, by the way. We announce winners Wednesday. on Wednesday. Okay. Winner, winner, winner Wednesday. Yeah. Wow. It's we obviously... Works. Boom. Cash App Winner Wednesday yeah. is coming this Wednesday. Right. Just then, like we had planned yeah, this Yeah, been in the pipeline for a while. Obviously, yep. we brainstormed that a mm -hmm. long time, and we were like, you know what? Yeah. Winner fucking Wednesday. Yeah. Winter Wednesday. Jay, you dude. were there for that, weren't you? I remember that. We were, we uh, we briefly talked about the Super Bowl. Yes. Mm -hmm. That's right. Anyways, if you aren't in Cash App yet, go use code McAfee for $15 as soon as you sign up. That's code M-C-A-F-E-E -E for a free $15. Terms do apply, and you also have to have a cash tag to win any of our contests. Of <laughs> we give away a lot. Yes. Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Just had a breakdown from CFO Phil. <laughs> this is how much money we have given away in the last 12 months, okay? Just didn't know if we wanted to continue to do such a thing. <laughs> No, Phil's got to do that. I enjoy it. I think it's, uh, that's one of the best reasons of like having the platform that we have. Like giving. Imagine if you could be Publishers Clearinghouse. Yeah. yeah. Like that is awesome. Mm -hmm. like, that is such a cool thing to be able to do. We're very lucky to do it. Cash App has helped us out immensely. Winner Wednesday. Can't wait to make all the announcements. Yeah, McDaniel was awesome. I, by guy. the way, I thought he was gonna. I thought McDaniel was gonna answer every single drum thing because the first one he got a. Good. So um, Tua had a foundation. Tua's tonguing, I believe. I, I don't, honestly, I do not want to piss anybody off. Uh, they had a old school luau foundation, I mm -hmm. believe, yep. uh, event. And McDaniel was called to the stage. 
a Tongan warrior. Tongan, thank God. You have to look like one. No, yeah, no, not like that. Yeah, I show you. Watch me. Sound like one like this. Tongan warrior on right. Coach McDaniel on left. You sure? Yes, yes. You'll find out right now here. That's Coach McDaniel. Huh? How about it? It's pretty good. We're just starting. Think Belichick would do this? Yeah, he did before. I can't even bother. Nailed it. Don't look at me. Look over there. Look at this guy. <laughs> well, shows that and Chris Bad Dog Russo's show will be so much better than ours. I am so sorry about uh, uh, that's tough. Uh, that was tough. Oh, right. That was a lot longer. That was a lot longer. Uh, good though. Uh. Anyways, that's the first time we have seen an organization back to a, okay? If that doesn't scream like, hey, you're my guy, I don't know what else does. That is obviously something that McDaniel committed to up there. And like you asked that question with Belichick, do that. I'm not sure, honestly, how that would play out with a lot of different folks, but I love this for Tua. I fucking love this for the Dolphins as well, Gump. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Hell yeah. Because remember last year, they were like, he stinks, pull him. Right. Uh Take him out. He's He's injured again. He's hurt. No, he's not injured, actually. There's zero injuries uh, documented, but he doesn't want to play. Was it Flores that had an issue with Tua, or what? Who was it? Well, there was the one game, remember, Jacoby started, and Jacoby got hurt, and we were told Tua was hurt, and he came in and won the game. Like None of it made sense, dude. Wow. Ravens on Thursday Night Football. Yeah, that's right. Oh, yeah. We Absolute thought, seed. We thought Albert Lamar Wilson. was a lot because Lamar had his jersey retirement uh, in Louisville yeah. on Saturday. Right. Mm-hmm. Thursday night game back home, then going to the jersey retirement. We knew. Who? We knew the Dolphins. They were plus nine. We had a money line, like plus 300, didn't we? Well, you might have. <laughs> I remember having Lamar pretty heavy. Hall of Fame weekend, Lamar Jackson, I'm going yeah, all in. Right. Yeah. How about we were almost going to be a part of his Hall of Fame induction or Jersey retirement in uh, at Louisville? How how would that work out? We were asked, and we did to something, and we sent it to him, and it fucking didn't go through with the email. Oh no! It got sent in the out stayed in the outbox. Oh no! What do you mean you were you were asked to do what? We were asked to create something for the video package for his uh, oh. Jersey retirement. And I sent. Well, I was like super pumped. I, yeah. I told everybody, "Hey, I think we're going to be a part of this thing. This is awesome." And then it got it stayed in the outbox, just fucking. So a week later, I was like wondering why I didn't, hadn't heard anything from anybody. I'm like, oh, they must have just cut us completely out of it. Like, geez, because normally somebody. So you go, hated them? You, you know, hated the Raven, or you hated Louisville instantly? No, I literally went to the email. I'm like, did did I just not reply to something? Did I not? What happened here? You know, because normally there'd be a follow up, 
And uh, I realized I didn't follow up, so I sent a big, oh, I am so sorry. I am so, so sorry. I thought we were a part of it. I was very bummed not to be. But, yeah, I bet heavy on him, and he fucking beat. Yeah, yeah. They, the Dolphins had a big win. What if the, they are not? What? Maybe. Pick six? What? How many games do you think Dolphins win this year? Uh, I'd probably say like 10 or 11. Tough, tough schedule, I'd say 10. Eight? Pat, playoffs. What? Hey, what? Nine. What? At least double digits. You're saying dude. 11? Patriots guy? Yeah. Going, dude. They have unbelievable corners. They added to the offensive line. They got Tyreek Hill and Jalen Waddle. Mike Kosicki. The over-under is eight and a half. You feel very, very, oh, very yeah. good. Is yeah. Van Ginkle still there? Oh, yeah. Uh-huh. Oh, still captain. Maybe 12. I'll maybe take 12. the over yeah. eight and a half. Me that too. Is, I'll absolutely. take the over eight and a half, but 11 sounded a lot, but I can remember 17 games. 17 games. And what was the what was the big stat when they were signing Armstead? They, Tua was top five in completion percentage, and the Dolphins were 32nd in pass protection. Yeah, they got to protect him a little bit. Yeah, They just signed Thomas Morstead, too. Yeah. Absolute oh, yeah. legend of a punter. Mm-hmm. Congrats, Thomas, on the gig. You deserve it, pal. <clears throat> he was unbelievable last year. I'm a big fan. That guy taught me how to punt footballs. That's very nice of him. Um, where, did he, where did he punt last year? Falcons. Jets, right. too. Yeah, beginning of the year Jets, mm-hmm. end of the year Falcons. I think he won special teams player of the week for both of them, mm-hmm. I think. Ah, I don't know if he won it for the Jets. I know he won it for the Falcons. Very good. I'm, he's a jugs machine, the most boring punter of all time. He's just going to put it on, a like, literally on a dime. Boom, bang, boom, 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 every single time. It's unbelievable to watch. He's a robot. That'd be fun to, to be a... Uh... Like a you know a wing on his punt team because you know he's probably going to put it right out of bounds for you right not going to re- not going to return too many. Well, I don't know how many are getting out of bounds. Okay, because listen, you go out of bounds, you lose a lot of yardage. You know, we can yeah. we can strength we can lengthen that field another seven eight yards. You know, if we just get a little bit of coverage down there, you know, just a little bit of effort. Ain't that right, AJ? Just a little bit of effort. Yeah. Oh, I was always trying very hard. But also, I would much rather the punter just punt it out of bounds. <laughs> just make this a lot easier for everybody. All right. Yeah. Just be like a normal fan. This is, what, this is all you do. You should be able to do that. Hit a hit a sixty-five yard uh, <laughs> draw that just goes out of bounds to one. What what else do you have to do? While people are running at you at four three four four. Yep. And yep. in the middle of a pocket that you can't get out of because it'll get blocked. And there's wind and rain and sleet and hail and yeah. Yeah, but it is a job that I'd much rather have rather than run my head into people like you did. <laughs> well, you still did that <laughs> too. Well, yeah. Mm-hmm. Only 24 times. ESPN has 25, though. I mean, okay. if, they want, if they want to keep yeah. juicing the number, I mean, if next year I get 26, I'm okay with that. Perfect. Bosher, kid for the Falcons for a long time out of Miami. He has a lot of tackles. He, he has a couple big-time shots on people. He was, a, he was a beast. I enjoyed watching him. Who was that guy for the Steelers? Sepulveda. Was that his name? Daniel Sepulveda. I don't know. He was a headhunter. Like, he remember? In yes. college, he hit a bunch of people. Yeah. Because he also Jeff played. Reed. Jeff Reed was a headhunter. Weapon. Well, Jeff Reed beat the shit out of, uh, out of Paper Towel Spencer. That's right. Yeah, what happened? He's had a good time. Got booze up. What do you time. mean, what happened? He's all good. It was just pa- like the paper wasn't coming out, so he had to just take it apart? Talking shit. I think we've all, you know, tried to, you know, back in the mm-hmm. day, whenever there was static on a television, you just kind of yeah. got to, right. you know, wake it up a little bit. So you smack, your, smack it a little bit. Mm-hmm. I think it's just one of those. And then it got taken, you know, out of context. No, Jeffrey, good guy, good kicker. Mm-hmm. Right, had a good time, good yeah. time, good career. Yeah, got boozed up. All right, hammered down. He had a good time. Hammered down. <laughs> 15, 20 minutes, what do you think, 3.15? Yeah, that's what we'll set it for. And then, you know, Probably 3.20? Yeah. What? We got big winners. Gumpy's currently 20 and 3 in first five bets in the MLB. How about it, 20 and 3, dude. 20 and fucking 3. Do you hear that? 
Yeah, what I mean, How? what are the three you lost, Gump? Yeah. Yeah, tough ones. I mean, it happens. <laughs> First fives. I mean, I love betting baseball is the absolute best. Well, just real quick, AJ, no reason to focus on negativity. Okay, yeah. we'll let other people focus on the three there, losses. Eric. Let's talk about the 20 wins. Yeah. How You just know how the Aces are going to do because we've been talking about first five betting for the last two months because this is Gumpy's, hey, this is his yeah. bread and butter. Mm-hmm. Last year he... He worked. First five, first five innings? Yeah. Yes. yes. Okay. It's really how long the game should be, and also it's a bet that Gumpy has basically dialed in. And it's because of film study. It's not because of the numbers, right, oh, yeah. So what we're finding here is there's some teams that have been <laughs> overvalued by everybody else. The Angels. For instance. The Twins. What? The Royals. You what? can get Cleveland plus a half. Astros plus a half. Mariners plus a half. I mean, what are we talking about? <laughs> You're loving it. It's the best. 20 and 3. That's a hell of a run. Have you ever been on a run like this before? Ooh. Soccer for sure. Footy, yeah. Uh, mm-hmm. Footy 9 and 3 on Saturday. Hey! hey! <laughs> 29 and 6, this fucking guy. Jeez. Tell you what, Goomp, you are like the Scotty Scheffler right now of uh, the gambling. <laughs> hey, the gods. Yeah. What could go wrong? The gods have blessed you. This guy's a good gambler. Good gambler. Good gambler. Good gambler. Good gambler. Good gambler. The Hammer Don boys are all on the Bengals, and there's some good, <laughs> good gamblers. gamblers. Good gamblers over there. Hammer Down uh, will start in about 17 minutes. We can't thank you enough for watching. Big shout out to all of our guests today. Ian Rappaport stopped by. Matt Barnes stopped by. And obviously, Colton Nost. That's right. Absolute stud on the coverage of the Masters. He's going to Hilton Head this week, which I certainly knew was existing. Oh, yeah. Oh, yeah. Going to be a good one. I didn't. RBC. Hootie does a tournament every year. Hootie? In the Blowfish? Yeah, the week after the Masters up there because it's, it's by Myrtle. Is that the one with the, the lighthouse right there on the course? Yes. He said it's a quiet, good party is what Colton oh, yeah. described that as. Hmm. Oh, maybe we stop by. Maybe that's the PGA event hmm. that I put on the simulator and play <laughs> Might as yeah. well. every single day of my life. You know, because we have a little bit Smart. of a party, AJ. I think that'd be a good idea. Hey, I'm, I'm kind of bummed we didn't go to the Masters this year. All right. Uh, there'll be other. I don't think you're that bummed. Maybe next year. Yeah. All right. We'll see everybody uh, tomorrow. Bye. You are the best. Bye.